Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 18. Oh, stretch. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 18 of the Create More podcast with me, Ben Stewart. On this fortnight's podcast, we have James Broadley, who is the uh, lead artist or art director uh, of a computer game company called Bossa Studios uh, in near Old Street. And I have uh, said frequently how much I want to start interviewing people from as many different creative outputs as possible. So computer games is obviously one that I'm... Uh, well, who doesn't hold computer games dear to their heart? Um, so James is the perfect person to sit down and... I missed last week's podcast, uh, last fortnight's podcast. It's been it's been a month since the last time we posted one, and I say uh, I say we, me. Uh, yeah, it turns out having a child is like it's like a lot of work. So um, I literally didn't have any time. So uh, James very kindly came over to my office, uh, to the make office, and we sat down. And me and James are very good friends. So uh, this is a slightly longer podcast than uh, I normally do. Uh, normally they're around an hour, hour and a half. Uh, this this, this is two and a half hours. So um, you should listen to the whole thing because it's by far the most fun one I've done. Uh, just because we uh, we do talk about lots of stuff. How to do computer games, you know, like what is, what is a career art director? Like how do, the, how do computer games start? Like how did James get into it? You know, like... Uh, but we both have a kind of a combined affinity for uh, not necessarily taking the shortest route to getting where we are, uh, which uh, is very amusing. So you should definitely listen to it. But uh, more about Bossa Studios, because they uh, James worked on and was kind of one of the co-founders of a game called Surgeon Simulator. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this game, uh, but uh, it started as like a as a as a like a, a weekend uh, like a weekend test at a at a game jam, and it's ended up being like Boss's biggest. It sold like two million copies, which is mental. Um, so you can hear all about how that starts and how he got to the point. Uh, but then Bossa just you should go on the website at bossastudios.com because they they do lots of very intriguing games. Um, they they're working on a new game called World to Drift, which just looks stunning. Uh, and they do, uh, they do they do a few other games, all of which are intriguing. Uh, I'll tell you for why. For example, they do a game called I Am Bread, um, and you are a piece of bread that runs around. Uh, and uh, do you know what? It's, it's really good, <laughs> uh, and it is as mental as that sounds. So. Yeah, what else do they do? Hang on, let me check my list of things that I've like. They do a game called Player uh, Twelve. They do um, like a game called uh, Spy Watch, uh, Deep Dungeons of Doom, uh, and they're all very intriguing. Like I, I guess the reason I think they're cool is because they're, they're they all look very unique. They have a very strong kind of style to them, um, and I guess they kind of 
like Surgeon Simulator, perfect example. Like it's uh, it's a game that's quite addictive to keep playing, and I think a lot of their games, the ones I've had a go on, um, yeah, they're just they're just they're very they're fun. Yeah, as I mean, that's probably the best way to describe them. They, uh, I, yeah, they're just the gameplay is there from the off, uh, and then for example, Iron Bread is a perfect example of just being um, nuts, but really good fun to play. So you should listen to the entire podcast and if you get to the end um that'd be amazing and that's quite an endurance feat uh so i'm gonna wrap it up there but um yeah listen to the end to find out on who's on next week's podcast uh because it's a really really good one and i recorded it the day after this one so uh yeah enjoy Right, I'm not going to bant any cables. Okay. I'm not just doing a sex dance, I'm just getting comfy. It's <laughs> not what it looks like from here. <sighs> oh, where to start? Where to start? At the beginning. Okay, okay. First of all, uh, you did enjoy the Star Wars trailer, I think. Get that out of the way. I did, yes. I thought okay. it was very good. Okay, okay. Bit too many people I know in it. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I quite like that. Um, cause I thought, oh, decent actors. Yeah, it's likely to be good. We'll get the Star Wars chat out of the way first. So, yeah, the ginger guy who is in the one we watched at the cinema together, the Star Wars Force Awakens, the main, the main evil guy, who was like quite a young guy, ginger you know, guy, Kylo Ren's buddy. You know, the main remember. evil guy. He was like Kylo rubbish. Ren. Kylo Ren was the main evil yeah. guy, and then the actual the commander general was like a really grumpy ginger guy. I thought he was rubbish. Oh, yeah. He was rubbish, yeah. yeah. He's not in yeah. it, is he? No. It's like, look, the person in it looks like his dad. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then the evil guy in this one, in the Rogue One, he looks like really moody. He's got his, like, his head down and he's like talking. Yeah, he looks like the ginger guy's dad. Exactly. And yeah. I was like, finally, is a it? decent bad guy. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But that was good. And yeah. then I thought, Forrest Whitaker, mm, he's a good actor, but... He is very good. Samuel L. Jackson burnt me in... The... I think he'll be better than... Samuel yeah, Jackson, Jackson, but Jackson. That, Jackson. But he was like a famous actor in the original Star Wars, the, the prequels, and but they were terrible. The problem films. is with those ones is I don't think whatever actor you put in it would make it any better. They were still terrible films. Mm. I believe the saying is you can't polish a turd. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Or make Jar Jar Binks in any way palatable. Hey, he's the best thing about those shows. <laughs> it's made me never watch them again so I guess I haven't wasted any additional time thinking maybe I'll enjoy it more the second time okay so we've started the podcast yep already uh, because we're friends I'm going to lay down a few ground rules uh, because we're not allowed to drop the C-bomb that's our favourite word Carl yes and then I thought do you know what we can do it but I will bleep it out um, I probably won't okay you sure yeah it's more just for just okay, just for just because I think we should start using silly gang. That's ace. Just use that word instead. Uh, just between us, ace. Yeah. Oh no. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't mean, it's, it's so ace. <laughs> I love how PC I was just yeah. then by not using the C bomb. So we're not. I swear. Yeah, I'm, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna yeah. <laughs> just, just test out the bleep function. I was yeah, thinking yeah. if you just randomly just go. <coughs> no. um, don't do it. I can't. I won't. Okay, thank you. I will obviously introduce you. In the little intro, anyway, mm. so people won't be like, "Who the is on?" I'll just swear then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm with James Broly, yeah. and you're from. I want to say Bombasa, and that's not the name of the company I, before. 
Bombasa. Yeah. <laughs> that's in Africa, isn't no, it? No, <laughs> I was thinking, do you know what? I was, I, was, I was thinking, don't forget the name of the company he works for. That's really embarrassing when you start a podcast. Bombasa Studios. Yeah. So I was thinking, just think Bombasa. Just think Bombasa. And then I remember it. It's close. What Bo- is it? Bossa Studios. Damn it. Well, that's pretty close. Is it? It begins with B. Bossa Studios. Boss- where, where is Bossa Studios? Bossa Studios is in Old Street, um, near the Shoreditch sort of area. Very hipster. It is very cool. Very over cool there. area. Yeah. So, and then also, because like, I wanted someone on who, um, I called you a computer game designer and you were like, I'm not a computer game designer. Yeah, everyone, you should know better because you're into games, but mm. most people make that mistake. Okay. Most people go, oh, you do you design games then, don't you? Um, I think in the games industry, design is more the person that comes up with the ideas of the game, kind of figures out that kind of systems, how things sort of fit together, that kind of thing. Mm. They don't necessarily do artwork. The, the game designer might do level design, so figure out how a player will get to A to B from mm. within a level and the structure of a level. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't do any of that, really. And what is your role then, James? Well, my role in studio is lead artist, but sometimes it's referred to as art director, depending on... yeah who I'm being introduced to. Okay, because on yeah. your website, uh, it's quite cryptic. It just says your your special interest is a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, I think it has something to do with secret something. Like secret that. interest. Secret yeah. interest, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of anything good because no. other people had funny things and I just thought, oh, it's just, it's, I was lame, so I just put it a secret. But it was intriguing enough that I've just mentioned it, so. Yeah, yeah, I guess. So you're a lead artist. Yes. Okay, through all the games in the company. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we only have, <clears throat> there's about 35-ish of us in studio. Um, we ha- tend to have quite a lot of freelancers, so it's probably more than that at the moment. But I think 30, rough, about 35, 30, 35 employees. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I tend to oversee the the art on all of the projects. So at the moment we have one, two, three or four projects. Um, some of them are older projects that are just sort of continuing, yeah. and two are newer so, so when you come up, okay. So what the reason I said you're a computer game designer is uh, that the game that you kind of, I'm going to say most well known for. If I type your name in Google, you come up under your game, which is awesome. That is, is good. I've yeah. not typed my name in for a long while, but that's good. Come on. Although I, I did today. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know for a while I did type when uh, the surgeon thing sort of had taken off and got into its sort of um, heady days. Uh, and yeah, there was a Wikipedia page about it. Yeah, that was that was quite. That was like yeah, I made it. Yeah, Wikipedia. That's me. Because I was reading it, and uh, I'm just gonna put my phone on. I was reading it, and um, I actually was quite impressed that it didn't seem to have been written by you. No, I wouldn't have to do that in the first place. Promise, it wasn't yeah. written by you. I've never touched. Then that that's kind of thing. Yeah. really cool, isn't it? Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's really good. <laughs> so that game, the Surgeon Simulator, mm. when we spoke, you were like, "Oh yeah, working on computer games." I know. Yeah, by the way, I'm like, "What?" Yeah, I did our computer game. That's why I thought you're a computer game designer. Because only three of you. you must four. Four. Oh, including four. three and me. Three of <laughs> Makes four. Very political. <laughs> okay, so there's four of you. Yeah. You didn't just sit there and go, guys, when you've got the game design, I'll step in and make this look really cool. It must have been a... Why don't you start from the very beginning? Game yeah. jam. Uh, so the game jam. So the... You're all in your box shorts, sweaty, ink Cheetos pizza yeah um it was yeah exactly like that yeah, it was quite a hot sort of evening where we just sort of sat around and got cozy and just thought let's, just, let's just make a game should you get some pizza yeah that'd be nice more pepsi nah coke's my favorite um but yeah so that's so how sort of surgeon came about 
um, from a game design point of view. Um, uh, it was the Global Global Game Jam, which was probably three years ago now, which is, I'm going to say it's an annual event, but they may have more occasions where they do the jam. Um, <clears throat> it was my first first uh, time going up to a game jam. I never kind of knew what to expect or what it'd be like. Um, <clears throat> and there was the, the four of us were picked um, to go and do this game jam. And the way a game jam works is you, or at least the way, the way Global Game Jam works, is they kind of, you have, I think there was, uh, say, seven or eight different teams, maybe more. Um, and everyone kind of goes off in their little team. Some people are, have, have made their team before they get to the Game Jam. Some people are, are just wanting to go and experience what a Game Jam is like. So they make teams when they get there. And it's a wide range of people with different experiences. Some are industry experience, some are wanting to get into the industry. It's It seems like a popular way of getting in the industry, finding out more and making contacts, all that kind of thing. Um, and what they do is they, they have a theme. Um, and th that particular year, the theme was uh, just the sound of a heartbeat um, <clears throat> and nothing else. And they also have, along with the theme, they have like a list of, I forget what they call them, but a list of sort of criteria where if your game hits a certain amount of these cr sort of points, then um, it it's more favorable. It's, it's not considered a competition, but it's more sort of favorable. Um, <clears throat> and some of the points were, I think they, had, they tended to have quite a lot for um, disabilities, I think, that, that that year. Sort of, could you make your game work for people with I don't know, hearing problems or sight, sight deficiencies or that kind yeah. of thing? Um, <clears throat> but we, we uh, kind of, you walk off in your little teams, you're quite excited and sort of buzzing with ideas of what you're going to go go with. Uh, and we, we kind of thought that a lot of people might sort of take the heartbeat and go quite sort of arty with it. Mm. Um, but we thought we'll take it literally or literal, should I say? <laughs> um, and we had, a, we had like one or two ideas, but the, the idea that, that kind of, uh, sort of rose above the others, um, was kind of something surgical, surgery based, something surgical. And I think I kind of forget who kind of the, it, it felt at the, from, from my memory, it felt like we were all just buzzing with like suggestions for making this, yeah. this idea work. And then, uh, not sure who it was, but someone thought of the idea of just having a hand and kind of you you do kind of an operation and kind of it all sort of went from there um, in terms of how the idea sort of progressed. And were you, was the initial thing, because I've been, like the YouTube videos and people writing about it is that it, it's funny because it's like, because when you get it wrong, you basically hack a person <laughs> up to pieces yeah. or whack their mouth. Their I mean, that's sort of, um, I mean, it's sort of, I guess in some respects a happy accident into how funny it was when we were when we were making it um the mechanics of the game uh, is just a hand initially it was just a hand on screen that was the first thing we got in we had a hand on screen that you controlled with a mouse because what whoa what, was what that? the hell was that someone <laughs> just made music in my ears oh, hang on, that was my laptop no may maybe the idea listeners can't hear it here let me mm. turn down okay, okay. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah one of the one of the there's a couple of points that I think was a nice constraint in terms of helping the idea. Because sometimes if you have, it depends. Sometimes when you're thinking of an idea for a game or anything really, if you have some constraints, it can sometimes focus you on on the, on an idea. Whereas mm -hmm. if you have no constraints, it's a bit like that white piece of paper. It's like where do I start? Yeah. What should I do? Um, so the constraints that we kind of picked were one that everything kind of had had to happen happen pretty much on one screen. Um. And then the other one was using, I think using like 10, 10 keys or 10 different ways of inputting 
in in the game. So we didn't quite have 10 keys, but we had uh, four keys for your left hand, so all your fingers and thumb, and then the mouse uh, for your right hand. And th that combination of, of controls um, controlled the hand on the screen. Yeah. And when we got that in all working, it was just a hand, no kind of color or texture, just gray hand with not much in it. Um, that made us laugh. Granted, we were like, it was like probably like two in the morning and we were <laughs> a little bit sleep sleep deprived. So we kind of couldn't, couldn't really tell whether it was just us having kind of like sleep, sleep deprivation, just laughing at almost anything. And, but even that point then when there was nothing else, no patient, just that, that was funny. We were doing like shadow puppets with the hand on the screen, that kind of thing. Um, so there was kind of, a, a, there was a little gem of something there uh, then. Um, but we were just sort of enjoying it and having fun. Um, <clears throat> and we progressed and made, we made, a, I think I'd like to say anyway, out of everyone there, uh, aside from it being obviously taking off and doing very well, it was the best game there um, in terms of visual quality and everything else. Yeah. It felt very polished for the amount of time you have. You have like 48 hours to make something, which isn't a lot of time. Is that an all-nighter? You just stay up all night 40 hours? Pretty much, yeah. I think, uh, so the, the people that were, the, the, the team was myself, uh, Luke, uh, Tom Jackson, and uh, Jack Good. Um, and I think Luke, uh, not Luke, sorry, uh, Jack, uh, Tom, pretty much stayed awake. He, he, he's a bit of a trooper. He'll just kind of work like nonstop. I think he had maybe like a half an hour sleep. Oh, no, hang on. Let me recall. He's going to be dining out on this for months if he's... Yeah, 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 yeah no. Because it would have been two nights. So we went the Friday and then we had the Saturday. So I think, I forget which way, one of the nights, because Luke fortunately lived around the corner. So we all slept in his bedroom, <laughs> having a nice little kutch. <laughs> Quite the bonding moment, I'm It sure. was very bonding, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next night we kind of powered all the way through and like we sort of had intermittent amounts of sleep. Um, Jack probably had the most sleep. Jack, he'll, forget, he'll he'll hate me for saying that if he listens to this, but yeah, he had, I mean, he had so much sleep. <laughs> I don't even know him, and I've lost respect for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so <clears throat> um, when we kind of got to the point of having made as much as we could of the game, uh, then then on the Sunday, sort of four o'clockish, I think you had everyone had to kind of go and yeah. present their games. Um, so how many people are there, like in the entirety? Like, there's what. You said seven teams, but is that there's loads of other people doing it as well? I'm going to guess about 25, 30 people, something like that. Um, enough to fill like a, a small sort of little auditorium mm. that they had, which we presented the games at uh, at the end. Um, so you, so you, <laughs> you have a game, it's funny, and then it gets to crunch time and you're like, I really hope this is still funny. So then you present to this whole room of people and they're like, or do they love it? They, they loved it. it. They, they got it. They loved it. They got it. Yeah. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about it if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they hated it and that was the end of the story. So. Yeah, but we kept plugging on and eventually they liked it. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, obviously tired. Uh, it was our turn to present uh, our game. Um, there were some interesting games. Some of them were quite funny. Um, but it was our turn to present the game. Uh, <clears throat> and we most of the time you kind of talk about the game and and someone's playing it as well to kind of to, to mm. demo it. Um, and I don't think people could really hear. I think Luke presented it, Luke and Tom. I don't think really they could hear them because people were so kind of getting involved and sort of trying to direct uh, what was happening on the screen. Yeah. So we, 
the the main tools we had were a saw, a hammer, and I think some sort of drill maybe. Um, <laughs> and people were just shouting, use the hammer, use the hammer, no, use the saw. And you're just smashing away at this, like, just patient on the... I know. And it, it's, it's, it's the absurdity of, I think, yeah. like, kind of, we've sort of kind of analysed it a little bit afterwards, why it was funny and why it became successful and, and all the rest of it. And uh, there's various factors. Um, but, yeah, I think it's sort of the absurdity. It's, it's, I think comedy comes out of something that's quite serious yeah and, and and that kind of relief you can get from sort of making it funny yeah. uh, and surgery is by and large quite a serious thing especially with a hammer in someone's mouth exactly yeah I yeah like that's not the right way to do it but um, the, it's interesting the challenge that you you chose was the controls were the challenge mm. as opposed to you know like platform you know using a very simple set of controls to do something more complicated in the game yours was very much because it is complicated trying to yeah, it is. Fingers uh, and move hands <clears throat> and mouse and... It's like keyboard. the whole rubbing your head and tummy at the same time type of thing. It's yeah. Your brain goes, oh, hang on, I'm trying to do this. And I think as also is what, what is presented to you on screen looks straightforward. You go, that's a hand. I've got a hand. I'm pretty good at using that. <laughs> hang on, it should be easy. Whoa, there. I, I'm all over the place. I can't, even, I can't even pick anything up. Why can't I pick anything up? And it's... It's that that makes sort of it funny, and it's also I think that same thing when people are watching it. It's like I got a hand too. I know how to use that. Why can't you use your hand? <laughs> what are you playing at? I can do this. It's come easy. On, come on, thicko, it, my it, <laughs> Basically, yeah, and it, it, that's what people do. I think they think this this person's just ridiculous. Why can't they do this? So you have a go, and it's the same thing. Um, so that kind of barrier to entry is is sort of gone. Mm-hmm. There's not kind of like that kind of Call of Duty thing where you get your experts, and there's no chance you're gonna. You're like, oh, I can't be bothered. I'm not even, I can't even compete on this level. Um, So, yeah, because it was a new kind of control system. Mm. Pretty much everyone was at the same level. It's kind of like, what's that game that was Flappy Birds or whatever that's ridiculously Uh, hard? I'm not saying it's the same. But it's because it is quite challenging. Just anyone can go it. Anyone in a room can have a go. Yeah. Irrelevant how good or bad. Yeah, the barrier to entry, it's easy. It's like, I, I can do this. Yeah. But doing it when it, it is it is there's quite a challenge to the game. It's quite hard in some respects to 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 do all the different things to change the heart and can pick you up all the pieces. Complete it. Can I complete it? Can anyone? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are like uh, some people are ridiculously good. You get like there's some speed runs of things. Um, like normally to do, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but someone will tweet and correct me or something. I imagine. Um, but normally it takes like well, it takes me probably about three minutes to do the heart transplant. Um, because I'm rubbish at most games. But some people can do it in like 10 seconds or less than that probably. Yeah, it's just amazing. Because So going back to the beginning of the game then, because I have no idea how to design a computer game. Mm. How, I don't, literally don't even, and what program do you use to design it? Your brain. Your brain, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. And then you use your hands, that's the controller. Hands, that's the controller, yeah. yeah. And then you use another controller to control the screen with the game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, programs wise to design? Um, bit of pen and paper. Come on, give me the program. Bit of pen and paper. Bit of pen and paper. No, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Microsoft Excel. I've seen Luke use that a few times. You can't use Excel to design a computer game. You can. No, you, can't. you do systems and things. No, that's not a game though. I can do my budget on Excel. <laughs> <laughs> you can do a lot of game design <laughs> stuff. I've seen Luke doing it. Isn't there a hidden Easter egg in Excel? If you scroll down to like line 18,000 and zoom across to 15,000 and put in a code, you get this really shitty little car game. 
I thought it was Worm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to try that. Is it, it depends because we use Google Sheets, so I don't know if that's on there. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. What, what, what do you design in? Uh, it depends what aspect of the game because game design is a, is a lot about ideas. You are making this question really hard. I know I am. <laughs> Tell me what program you use or we're not moving on. <laughs> it's not as simple as that. So I just press... Because uh, there's a, so certain things that you would do, you would, you would, documentation is a big thing in game design. Well, I'm not saying a big thing, but obviously game design is by and large about ideas. Yeah. Um, ideas for a new game, ideas how a system might work, ideas uh, <clears throat> for lots of control methods for various aspects. So documentation would be a big part of that so word or whatever equivalent we use google docs something i forgot what it's called um and then other than that if you're going to do level design mm. then you may use maya uh maya 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 one of those um or unity which is the game engine we're using unity in uh, bossa or uh, what's the other one unreal Good. Yeah. I want to come on to that later because yeah. so, we use Unreal here yeah. badly, obviously. But yeah. Don't let Zach hear you. I can actually see him learning Unreal right now. He's learning it. Because I, I, like, cause the thing is you designed a body and heart ah, and a head see, see. and faces. How do you do all that? You're confusing designing. Oh, you're going to be like arting. Yeah. <laughs> I interviewed uh, someone who does... Uh, typography and i said yeah. he was a graphics designer yeah. and he pretty much didn't forgive me so i'll, for, I'll forgive you yeah but begrudgingly you know, the language we need to get that right really and if i've just got that the wrong way around and he hears this he will yeah, come over and punch me never <laughs> speak to you again um yeah so the artwork yeah which you might have been alluding to yes it, stunning yes yeah. stunning human body artwork i wouldn't say it's stunning no it's it's it has bits and bobs that bleed though yeah I, well, we kind of um, we tried not to research how the organs actually look and function too much. We had some weird names for the things as well. Because we actually had the intestines and then we had like, I think we called it the poo pipe or something or other. <laughs> you did do your research. We did, yeah. <laughs> and stuff sort of fits in the gut area. Um, I don't think we had enough ribs. I don't, we don't know. We just made up how many ribs we thought they should be. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say it's st stunning. It's okay. kind of like it's more toy-like visual. Toy the visual okay. feeling is more like a toy because it's. I think if it, if we'd have gone too realistic, um, it might have been too creepy and off-putting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it kind of has more of a toy, I guess, feel to it. Did you have some fairly random conversations? You're like, I think, I think when you whack him in the mouth of the hammer, I think the teeth, I think the teeth should break in two parts. No, I want the like the teeth to just fly out, or like, or was it just like I don't know, whatever the game just kind of just naturally the physics blew everything out. Um, no, I think there was some discussion about how much the teeth <laughs> should smash up into pieces. Because uh, we did, have, we did have discussion about having, because the game, the initial game, only had, or the the de the the demo or the game jam version only had one operation, which was the heart transplant. Mm. Um, and as the game has sort of progressed with its success, uh, we added more operations. Um, and then when we came to do the teeth operation, yeah, we were going to have like. We, you, can you can replace the teeth with better teeth. And we're going to have like grills. So you can have like horrible gold grills or something. Um, yeah, so we kind of had an idea of how much we want to smash it. Yeah, I, li I like, I just like, 
you're having these in-depth chats about no when the heart rips out and you drop it I want it no I want that no the noise is I can't get I can't get mm, just missing missing that little something that, isn't it yeah that's what kind of add to the sort of funniness of it it was, it was I mean it was <clears throat> obviously for me it's quite close to my my heart it's a little, little place in my heart for it um because it was a yeah, pretty sort of intense experience yeah I um, when we actually managed to go from a little game jam to oh, we're going to make this a real game that we're going to sell to people um but going back to your question about software maya uh and photoshop that's what we art with interesting yeah art 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 <laughs> and that's the bit you do is it that's the bit i do yeah <laughs> you yeah. just fanny around <laughs> yeah basically do a bit of like what do you, but like with moving images so you, you see is it a mood board is that what you create in photoshop is and then and then and then now forgive me i will okay okay so let's break apart what do each of the people on your team do before i start insulting more people <laughs> <laughs> who does the bits the, the bit notes so what, what's well, everyone's I'll, role i'll break it down into break it down. common <laughs> nice <laughs> i'll break it down into common the common roles that there is within the industry and okay, and, and, and in general so you have your from the art side so you have uh the uh, 3d artists mm-hmm. um, sometimes they're environment artists and character artists so they'll specialize um, but they will make a 3d artist will make the the models that you will see in a game uh, so the three 3d models and they'll also do the textures which give the models the color um, <clears throat> so they make characters props everything that sort of for intensive purposes physical within the game mm. then you have the animators who will make everything move and look and feel how it should feel within the game based on its style, whether it should be realistic or whether it should be more stylized and cartoony. <clears throat> and then you have technical artists. Um, they, they're like a bridge between the programmers who do all like the programming. That's as much as I know about what yeah. they do, really. <laughs> it's very clever stuff. But yeah. whenever I see like a load of code, I'm like, what, the, what is that? How do you read that? Good work, guys. Mm, well done. <laughs> Keep trucking. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, they do a lot of hard work. Uh, so <laughs> shouldn't undermine them too much. <laughs> the only thing is, they do their they job. Make, yeah, you don't see what they've done because it just yeah, works. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, they make everything actually function and work uh, <laughs> rather than just making it pretty, which is what we do. Um, and so from so you have uh, 3D artists, then you have animators, then you have technical artists. Um, so a technical artist will uh, often make things like shaders or the character rigs which will allow the animator to move the characters or other other sort of objects Uh, then you have people like myself so the art lead Uh, then you have art directors which is kind of people like myself i sort of bridge that gap because we're a small studio um and that's 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 it for the most part sometimes you get uh, bigger teams might have more sort of specific roles within that Mm. um so you might have a character on it to animate, you might have a props animator, for example. Um, but yeah, in, that, in those the are the main order, roles. And the order you kind of just said it to me as well. So like, I was thinking like... Oh, I missed one. Concept artist. Concept artist. Concept artist. See, I love the idea of a concept artist. I, I, I like the imagery they produce. That's why yeah. I, I love, you know, like all, all those amazing concept images. And then I think, you know, I'd love to be that. And then I realise I just don't have the imagination to be a concept <laughs> artist. But I do really appreciate concept yeah. art. Yeah, everyone, I think everyone loves concept art because yeah. it's just... It sort of it's to me it's like a superpower. It's like yeah. you can just you can imagine something that I can't even think of yeah. and see it and go, Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean a good a good concept artist can can not only draw very well, they also have this 
very vivid imagination and a, and a really good one. Um, we'll be able to kind of get what you're d talking about because it's all, it's all well and good having ideas and and, and being very creative with you, what you want to do, but a concept artist has to try and get something what the art director wants them to do, which yeah. is like, can you go in my head? And that thing I'm thinking about, draw it, but probably better than I'm thinking. Yeah. And make it cool. Yeah, make it cool. That's that's definitely the best feedback you can give just, to any concept artist. Yeah. I want this thing, make it cool. Yeah. Can you just, you know, just... And the good bit, ones, they know how to do that. They're like, yeah. got it. Yeah, got it. Make it cool. Like, That's cool. I know, because I was talking, you, that, that idea of giving just awful feedback, mm -hmm. unusable feedback, but you feel like you've done, like... I always have this thing, it's a running joke with our renders, like, can you just make it a little bit lighter and a little bit darker? And they're yeah. like, what do I do? What do I do with that information? Yeah. But sometimes I've, I've probably been guilty of giving useless feedback, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but sometimes you're like, oh, well, I need to sort of say something. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to justify my job somehow. <laughs> yeah. But the order you said those, those like job roles in, because I'm thinking of a Call of Duty level where someone would design, I guess, the architecture of the level, right? Yeah. The kind of the buildings and then... Then someone goes in and then applies the textures and makes it look like an Akadol building as opposed to just four floating bits of geometry. Yeah. And then they've got a level and then they've got like a, just a person hanging in floating. And then someone goes and animates that person running through. And then the technical guys make sure that you don't run through objects and bullets do the things they're supposed to do. But what have you done? Do you I dropped my phone. Oh, Hang on. God. Technical issues. I can't oh, get no. staff nowadays. Because I am, um, I really like, I was going, I'm going to go back to how you became not a computer game designer, but working in the computer industry as an art director. Huh? As an art director? Art lead, art, no. Art, one of them. Oh, an the, artist. I'm kind of, yeah, my role is kind of both within within the studio, depending on the project. So you, 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 I'm you, a little bit wrong, but mostly right. Yeah. Okay, fine. Not wrong at all, really. I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy yeah. with that. Because we were having a chat on our dog walks uh, where we discussed basically games when we were younger. Mm. Did you play computer games and go, Oh my god! I want to become a computer game, uh, work in the computer game industry. Were you just like, I didn't know. No. Yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking. <laughs> actually, I don't. I don't think people necessarily who play computer games want to design a computer game. Because I don't remember ever thinking. Do you know? I'm going to stop smoking weed. Stop playing Gold yeah. and I'm going to design one myself. I think. <laughs> I think. I think you'd be wrong there. I think a lot of people, especially from the game design point of view, mm. and I would say by and large, most people I've met within the industry they wanted to be in computer games, something within computer games. Um, a lot of game designers, their avenue into the computer games industry, um, is, is they, they often start off as a games tester. So they will just spend hours and hours testing being testing the games, which to me seems like a, I will say a tough, but also boring job. Yeah. Because playing a game when it's complete, a lot of fun. Yeah. Playing a game when it doesn't work properly and it's full of bugs and things keep crashing and you've got to play the same thing again and again and again to test the bug, that kind of kills the game for me. But a lot of game designers would, would start off in that avenue. But I think, yeah, they had that passion to want to get into the game industry to, to, to do games. They're, they're often all about games. But for, for me, um, yeah, I never really wanted to get in the game industry. Movies was where I wanted to go for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, I never went there. No. Okay. I tried. Go on, how? And then... And then in the end, I thought I'll stick to games, yeah. and it's and it's it's done me proud. It has, it's done yeah. you all right. It's done it? me all right. Yeah. The pinnacle. You're on this podcast. <laughs> I so, know. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't get much better than this. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and what was your actual first step though? Did you do uni course to do it? 
Uh, just like, how, how first do you want that step to be? Uh, let's say uh, the dis- after secondary school. First All right. step. Yeah. So the first step, I'll go a little bit before that because okay. the first step to getting in the games industry probably would have been from that point, you know, where you're at school and they go, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Computer games. <laughs> but, but I kind of had an idea. I thought I'd seen a program on special effects and makeup and all of that kind of stuff. And I thought, that looks, that looks like me. I want to do that. I want to get in the special effects industry. How can I do that? Great uh, shout. Great choice of industry. Yeah, I know. I thought, this is cool. I want to do this. Um, so I, had, I did, didn't do very well at school. I don't think either of us did. No, I didn't. I, I had one GCSE, I think, a D for art, nice. which I was a bit disappointed by, really, because I should have had an A. But you kind of had to do I, art history. Yeah, I don't think that's how the GCSEs work. I don't think you like you can have a D and go. I wanted an A. Yeah, a bit disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's not a request. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you're right, isn't it? Because I would have asked for a lot of higher grades yeah. on my other ones. <laughs> I'll have all A's, thank oh, you. All A's, please. No, I don't want to be greedy. Stick a few B's in there. Here you go. Here's a tenner. <laughs> See, I like playing this game because you are successful, yeah. and <clears throat> we both did really, really shit in GCSEs. Yeah, I did terrible. Yeah, yeah. I was very lazy at school. Mm, me too. I didn't quite see enough of the importance. of it. Thank you. Right, we will come up to your computer game in yeah. a bit, but I've yeah. realised a, a concurring theme in the people I'm interviewing yeah. uh, seems to be that education is total bullshit and you just threw no... F- no n- Education didn't help. It just kind of... <laughs> it, it made you uh, uh, think, I don't want to do those things. I will I will go in a totally opposite direction. I think, yeah, I think education's good, but the system that we have to educate kids... Better. ...isn't... Better than what I just said, yeah. It doesn't allow people to learn what they want to learn. Yeah, it channels them into things that the educational industry thinks they should learn. Yeah. Um, so, for example, when I was at school, computers were big. We're all going to be in IT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aim for the sky, guys. All go for IT, kids. <laughs> You're going to get a job. Um, but if you push everybody into IT. Not everyone's going to get a job, mm. and I think what we're kind of going a bit of a sidetrack no, here, no, but totally. What <laughs> but I think um, uh, I think that kind of sort of mindset of pushing everyone to say IT, which they kind of did a little bit, I think, well, especially when I was a kid, which was quite a while ago. Now, um, it meant that people weren't kind of encouraged the same way to go to other useful industries, such as um, tradesmen, the builders, plumbers, electricians, mm. all those things which you still need. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it's the case now, but for a while there was a shortfall of these jobs and people in that industry could command quite high yeah, salaries. You're like, well, I'm I'm in IT doing some IT stuff and I could have been earning more money doing something perhaps I would have enjoyed more, but mm. I've been sort of encouraged and pushed to go this way. Yeah. Um, so I think if education w- was a, would allow people to choose and go their own direction more you probably have happier students and totally agree and more diverse i mean the jobs that you can get in in the world they're just they're so diverse yeah. like the, the stuff that they told you about at school was, that was available for jobs right. like and then when you find out like moving to london you find out and you yeah. meet other people you think 
you did that for a job? Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. And like, yeah, yeah, cool. I, I, I was on a, uh, one, one person I met, uh, she worked on um, cruise ships for a while. I, no, I don't mean like the big cruise ships, mm. private cruise ships, like the ones with multi-millionaires own. Wow. Oh, that looks like, that sounds like a great job. I want that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm glad you said when I came down to London, because that's exactly <clears throat> my point where I just thought I was dumb mm. and then realised I just didn't like the things I was learning. And you yeah. come down to London, you realise... Well, you you work in a recording studio for yeah. a musician, but you're not a musician. No, no, I just do all the technical stuff. What? That's amazing. Oh no, and I work in special effects, and one of my friends does movie posters, and like, yeah, I didn't even know like any of these. I didn't know you could actually have a career in these things. Yeah, I thought yeah, just, yeah. Like, you fun. Could earn money doing these things. It's amazing. Oh, well, what? And the same thing I have is like, uh, whilst I loved uni, just getting really mm. really drunk, uh, I spent quite a lot of money and. Just scraped through first year. I mean, the pass was 40% and I got 40.5. You know, that was... That's a bit of a scrape. Yeah. A like I was, I was so drunk once, I fell off a fence, sprained my wrist and slept, overslept and missed an exam. And I still got 40%. But I guess my point is not to just badmouth my own self. And if people are listening <laughs> and thinking about giving me a job in the future, it's fine. Uh, but I think maybe if I'd have just taken that money for uni, uh, the first year particularly, and uh, just gone travelling... And tried instead of instead, I was thinking about this instead of three years at uni uh, or or college. If yeah. I had just spent all of that money and gone and had four jobs in four different continents, whatever jobs you want them to be, but you have to do two months at each job. Mm-hmm. That would have just blown my mind. I think I was so small minded. One of my tutors said, "You don't know what you don't know," and it's such a great saying because I was like, "I do know." And then you come <laughs> down to London, you go, "I know nothing." I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more. Yeah, there's so much more. But yeah, I I, I do agree with you. I think. I think nowadays, I, mean, I I don't know how, like, it felt like when I was at school and going on from college, that university was the path. Yeah. You go to college, you do something at college. Um, I did ceramics at college. You did ceramics, ceramics at college? Ceramics at college, yeah. What, well, what, what, what you, I, didn't, I didn't get enough qualifications. What the hell is ceramics? <laughs> like old school on a potter's wheel and throwing that about and chucking it, it in a kiln. A, I was jokingly going to say. proper ceramics, yeah. You're actually going to make ceramics? Yeah, you learn how to make kilns and... Was there much... <laughs> you're going to say, what the... <laughs> What was the point in that? <laughs> was there much career progression in ceramics? Uh, well, Jeff, 60. He's not going to last much longer. So maybe no, so there's a business him. opportunity there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take over his little kiln. <laughs> Jeff ceramics. Yeah. Yeah, that's a job for life, that. But did you love it? Ceramics? Yeah. No. Oh, man. I thought you had a real passion for ceramics. I was going to go, well done. It was a means to an end. So as I was saying that, Special effects, that's where I want to oh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, crap qualification. No, no qualifications from school meant I had to do the foundation art course, um, which was like a one-year sort of introduction to art, which was uh, interesting and sometimes fun, but I think most of the people on that course didn't know what they wanted to do mm. and thought, I've done a bit of art. That's a lot of fun. Mm. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, I'll, so I'll yeah, so most most people on that course, other than me, didn't have any uh, goal beyond the course. Mm. I think that helps a lot with anything. Yeah. If, you have, if you have a goal beyond what it is you want to do, then it drives you forward through mm. the shitty stuff. Oh. Bleep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that bleeper just isn't working very well at all, is it? You need to tweak those uh, dumbers or something. <laughs> um, so where was I? Yes. So, um, so the ceramics. So I did my foundation course 
and then uh, the it kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth the foundation course um so i didn't want to do the next on that would be the actual art course which was two years of of, of what felt like the same sort of thing so i thought i've always really enjoyed um actual physical modeling like sculptural mm. type of things um for my gcse piece i didn't do anything what i was supposed to i just made a dragon <laughs> you're like that fashion person <laughs> have you done what we asked you james no something much better <laughs> basically yeah and a dragon <laughs> i made a dragon which was pretty cool a lot of the kids at the time like a lot of my friends were like oh that's really cool and i think some of them uh even one of them a few years back even mentioned it oh i remember you did that dragon at school it was really cool um it, honestly, I couldn't do a dragon now. Couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it shows you had an imagination for things. There yeah, you go. Yeah, stamp that out. Early age. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you doing that dragon for? Put it in the bin. You don't need to be a art history. Dragon Picasso, RT. get with that. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be it. <laughs> you're gonna be swapping hard drives. <laughs> you lucky, lucky lad. Anyone that's listening that does it to be like. We do more than that. It's more than just changing hard drives and motherboards. Yeah, sometimes you have to turn stuff on and turn it back on again. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. actually very hard. Okay, Google. The problem. <laughs> Jokes. There's suddenly all the power's going to go off. My yeah, podcast yeah. to go offline. <laughs> Why is it dark then? Yeah. I'm sorry, IT. Yeah. So the dragon. So, so the dragon. So so I thought ceramics. I like that. Make that in clay. Brilliant. Um, so I did the ceramics course. That was kind of a means to an end as well because it meant it was a BTEC ceramics and it it gave me the same sort of points, I guess you call, that meant I could go to university. <clears throat> uh, but it was, yeah, proper ceramics. It was making clay pots, making teapots, yeah. making cups and saucers, and most of the people on it were pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's really hard, like I would imagine. <laughs> You're like, it's a proper skill. Yeah. But you... it, was, it was quite... A, the course itself was pretty good in that um, it was designed to set you up and be your own little ceramicist mm. or something like that. I don't know what they call them nowadays. Yeah. Um, so you'd have your own little business at the end of it, which is quite nice. They had, they organised like a, a show at the end where you would sell your stuff. I think no one bought anything I made. <laughs> 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 no, someone said they would buy it, but I think, yeah, they didn't give me any money. And then your mum didn't give any money. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Even my mum didn't come and buy anything. Mums always do that. It's what they, oh, it looks lovely. Why have you not displayed that? Mm. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, so, so you learn how to make something and then sell it. Mm. But then also, um, if your head's not in the headspace, like, so you want to go into something really graphical and art related and they tell you IT, you're like, well, the thing I want to do seems pointless. I might as well not bother and do something else. And then the idea of like creating something, making your own business and then trying to sell it. Well, I don't have to do that either. And then you come down to London, you think, oh, all those skills would be really bloody helpful. In London. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. To, oh, to think, you know, to have that mindset where it does feel like anything's possible. Yeah, 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 it, it does. But I think, I think by and large, anything is. But I think sort of sometimes school beats that out of you. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but then I guess to them, they're like, look, some of you, not you the thicker. <laughs> some of you will be going down to London, but most of you won't. Just yeah. lower the hopes. You yeah. know? You're just going to be disappointed yeah, 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 for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, don't. Don't be like me, the <laughs> yeah, teacher, yeah. who wanted to do something, not knocking teachers, teachers do great jobs, but some of them don't want to be teachers, yeah. and they're like, yeah, I wanted to be a writer, for example, but now I'm here teaching you, tards. Yeah, a writer teaching, like, English literature at a 
bad ass secondary school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with people that don't want to learn. No. Like, I always think primary school is this wonderful education system and secondary school is like a prison. Like, it is. <laughs> it is. Mine especially. <laughs> like, the chase. Keep them controlled. Yeah. yeah. Make sure they come in when the bell goes on and they leave when the bell goes off. Yeah. <laughs> Just try and defend the thickos and the clever ones. Yeah. At least the yeah. average is way yeah. out. Yeah. Make sure those thickos <laughs> don't upset some of those clever ones and get them into drugs and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, so so what, you went to uni after your art course? Uh, after the ceramics course, yeah. And what do you study there? Animation. There you go. That was my that was my ticket to the film industry. I thought, right, animation, brilliant. I'm going to be in the film industry now. Um, the course I went on, uh, it was HND, <clears throat> which is two years. High national diploma. I know it, I did the it same. It is, yeah. It's like, it's like a... I don't know what it is, like a pretend degree or a part. Yeah. It's like, it's it's almost a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, there's, it's, there's, 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 almost, it's good, but not quite as good as a degree. It's like a bronze, isn't it? It's it is, like, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's so close, but it, we can't call it a degree because <laughs> it's not. But yeah. yeah, I did a H&D in engineering, so yeah. I know exactly. And I think like, a lot of them, a lot of H&Ds, you can top it up to a degree. It's, it's almost like, well, we trust that you're good, yeah. <laughs> but you have to put the work in first. You can do two years of this, Yeah, we'll let you do another, and you can have a degree. Not like normal degrees where they go, yeah, you can probably do a whole degree. Yeah. You come on in, boys. Come on in. <laughs> I know. It's so demoralizing, isn't it? You're like, and then after all that, you're like, you've kind, you've, you've done really well. Yeah. <laughs> so then animation, is this, is this computer animation? Or uh, so the, the, I went to Mig Morgan in Wales, <clears throat> which was the only place that would accept me. <laughs> Actually, work. no, I tell a lie. Uh, Cheltenham was the other one, um, but. I didn't really like their course and the guy was a bit weird when I showed him my stuff. I made this like in my ceramics course. Uh, we were supposed to make mostly just make pots yeah, uh, and stuff. Did I'm just, did you go off piece to make something totally different? I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember we were having this one lecture about um, uh, glazers, mm. which are various chemical compounds and materials that when you put them together in the kiln with the heat they create colors yeah and, and make a pot shiny yeah um and it was quite dull and i had a bit of clay in my hand and i was just modeling something and i modeled this, modeled this head which was sort of like a kind of demon head and i thought oh, i quite like that so i carried on and made the whole thing so i had this demon thing at the time like for at the time and for a little while i was like oh i really like this it's cool now some things you do you think they have sort of lastability. You can kind of see that you think I, I put a lot of effort into that and worked hard and yeah. I still appreciate it now. And, and I think if I look at it, although it's, I can tell that it was made by the younger me, mm. it's still like, yeah, it had good memories to it. So I made this uh, demon with four arms and a tail and horns. And it was about, mm, what's that? 13, 14 inches high. Yeah. Um <clears throat> And it was quite a challenge to construct. I did a re bit of research on sort of anatomy and find out where all the muscles went. And I bought, bought some super muscle <laughs> magazines where, where these guys are just, you know, the bodybuilders are like, just, you've got too many muscles. Yeah. <laughs> you look ridiculous now. <laughs> Only other men like you, not women. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what no woman has ever said? I want yeah. you to in really tight little speedos. Yeah. Orange yourself up a bit. Yeah. As yeah. Well. yeah. And if you can, yeah, go re really like unnatural yeah, orange. Yeah. Yeah. And then do some really uncomfortable looking poses. That yeah. that gets me really horny. Don't wear box shorts. No, no, wear like really skimpy <laughs> yeah, yeah. little jeans. Pull them up. Yeah, pull yeah. them really high. For, so like... <laughs> God, yeah. What, what a what a, what a contrasting set of views, isn't it? Like yeah. a muscle bound nutter. Yeah. In a thong. Yeah. Like, yeah. Geez. Yeah. Women women go wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> 
so I'm imagining now that you've got your core supervisors there and they're looking at the previous students and they're like going from table to table and they're like, pots, brilliant. It's just what we actually do. Brilliant, right? We get past pots, brilliant. James, what the is this? <laughs> Possibly a little bit, but I think they were also quite impressed. They're like, yeah, because there there's what I didn't know at the time, which I wish I'd known, is the way they they build clay models in, say, the film industry. They would build a wire armature um, <clears throat> and then um, pad that out a little bit. So say you're building, say you're building a dinosaur. So you build a, like a di- dinosaur armature that's sort of like a bit like the skeleton mm. and then you pad it, pad it out a little bit with sort of foam for, say, the rib cage and the bigger areas. And then the clay is effectively the skin yeah. of this creature or model, whatever it is you're doing. Um, and then you would do all the lovely surface details and make that look like a, like a dinosaur or whatever it's supposed to be. Um, I didn't know any of this. So I made it out of solid clay. <laughs> and if you've ever used clay, it it's good for surface details, but there's a point where it can't support its own weight. It lacks structural integrity. It does lack a lot. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't build like anything. Couldn't do a giraffe in that. <laughs> you, no, you, you couldn't. Yeah, you'd have a job doing a giraffe. So, um, yeah, doing something 13, 14 inches high with four arms <laughs> that kind of went out of, like if you see a lot of, uh, even if they are solid clay uh, ornaments, mm. uh, a lot of the construction, when you look at them, their their arms might be kind of in like a, sort of they're all t- attached to each other. The arms yeah. don't don't necessarily go out in a T-pose because the clay won't hold its form. <laughs> um, so I had to make it all in these sections and then sort of stick it together. And it, it had a tail by design because two legs wouldn't hold up the rest of the top. So I had to put a tail on it. So it had like a, a nice. triangle base. So it's a bit of like structural. You were thinking outside the box. I was thinking outside yeah. the box, yeah. Um, and then the scariest part is when it goes into the kiln because sometimes if there's air trapped in the clay, the little air bubbles, they'll, they'll expand and it'll blow <laughs> up. I just so that I was a terrifying it. part of the whole. It took because it took me like it took me a good few weeks because I mostly made it at home. I made it kind of after my normal class time because yeah. I couldn't really make it in the class because they'd stop you. They'd stop me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm imagining the kiln owner going, I'm just going to go and check in on James. There's this demonic face leaping out of the flames. He's like, Christ, James, be gone, be gone, demon, be gone. <laughs> Holy water! Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Shh. and did you get a good mark for it? I didn't get a mark for that. It wasn't part oh, of the <laughs> part of the criteria, but it did help um, with. Uh, I think one also getting a job with Sony, uh, and also getting into university because I would take that along with me. And going back to the, the guy in Cheltenham, he saw that and he thought, oh, "That's a bit. Mm, I don't really like that. It's not really arty enough." <laughs> I was like, "You're a white wanker." <laughs> I'm not coming here at all. <laughs> all right, mate. It's not Marty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. What was his name? No, just the first name. I don't know. I was like Steve or something. <laughs> all, right, all right, Steve. Steve, Thanks. yeah. Not Arty enough. Yeah. Like, I've um, taken demonic creature somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Um, you dropped a little bit in there. You were like, and that got me my drop Sony. Uh, yeah. That was a leap. <laughs> and what, from, hang on. How did you get a job at Sony? <laughs> so, yeah. So my course in Mick Morgan, they, because you asked the question of, um, was it 3D computer animation? Yes, that was it, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they did do that. They did 3D computer animation, um, stop motion puppet animation, yeah. and traditional 2D animation. Um, at the beginning of the course, you were allowed to try all three. Um, 
I only tried one because <laughs> I went and got drunk. <laughs> I'm also familiar with this <laughs> and, issue. And, and yeah. missed the, the chance of doing the other ones. So by default, I went to uh, stop motion, which I didn't mind. It's kind of what I thought I would do anyway. Yeah. Um, so you really embraced the university course <laughs> you tried so hard to get on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which probably would have been good if I'd have gone and done the computer part first and would have saved me a little bit of time. Um, but wouldn't have given you the skill set it wouldn't know, that you like, now have yeah. now. No. And yeah, more rounded person than I am. Yeah. Um, so I did the stop motion um, aspect, which was basically just making little puppets with little armatures. And, and that that was... I. I did enjoy it, actually. Did you? I did. Does anyone enjoy that? I think you've got to be slightly nuts to enjoy that. No, I did enjoy that. Because it, it's, you make these puppets and um, in animation, um, say, rather than making a sculpture with an armature, the armature is is set. Mm. Uh, where in in stop motion, the armature is articulated. So it's got little joints yeah. and all the rest of it. The, well, the more expensive ones have proper little joints. Uh, the cheaper ones are just soft aluminium wire that can bend a lot of times before it does eventually snap. Um, so you build these little creatures and you move them around. And... So do you take a photo <coughs> and then you've got the previous photo and then you can see transparently through it and you just kind of like... And just so like you know exactly what the second image is going to look like. Well, they had... Uh, so you make all your models, you make your little set, you get your lights, um, which is quite hot... Being in, you have these little rooms where you put your little set and you make these lights. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I think the, the system that they had, so back in the day when they had cassettes. A what? Cassettes. <laughs> Go on. Kids listening, look, any kids listening to this, what is a cassette? What's a cassette? Well, kids, as a I joke, it's I... a massive reel of magnetic <laughs> tape. No, seriously, I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, cassettes. Um, what to film stuff on? Mm. I can't remember God, what they, call, like, they, they look like you know the old Betamax. Yeah. Oh yeah, Betamax. They look a bit like they looked a bit like Betamax cassettes. Um, Kids have no idea. I know. How good they have it now. They yeah, yeah. No you, can just, you can use your iPhone nowadays yeah. to do the same in stuff. 4K. I did. In four K. In four K. Yeah, I had like it's probably like three twenty K. No, it's, that'd be too many Ks. Yeah, three twenty. I still remember, like, my best mate Dave had a Betamax thingy and had, like, his dad, like, a real nerd. It was, like, one of those top-loading ones. Oh, top-loaders were the best. And we weren't allowed to watch it at night, so we snuck downstairs. We watched, I don't know, whatever film it was. It wasn't an adult film. It was, yeah, yeah. It was, it was street legal. Oh, good, good. Uh, but then the rewind was so loud that it vibrated the thingy, <laughs> which woke the dad up, and we got in trouble. That's, like, you know, kids don't even know what, what's rewind. Yeah, you know, yeah. You just have to... <laughs> like a dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, uh, turn a washing machine. Yeah, yeah. I can't. It's stuck. <laughs> um, so yeah, they had a machine where you set up your camera and stuff, uh, and it would play. So you'd take your frame, yeah, take a picture of the frame, and it would play the last. I can't remember how many frames it was, but let's say the last 24 frames, the last second, maybe 24 to 48 frames, the last sort of two seconds of, yeah. of, of, of what you'd done. So you kind of worked on oh my God. from what you'd seen to kind of what you'd do next. But you, 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 you So you do like, and it would be like one arm going up. Yeah. Just like an arm waving. Yeah. Like, okay, next one. Yeah. Next one. Pretty much. But you'd already kind of planned out. Um, the timing of your 
of your animation, your little, your little, little like kind of little piece. Did you film yourself like doing the, the waving the, 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 and the, the roll, and then work out how many seconds that wave was, and then work out a little bit? Yeah, yeah. A li- I mean, I didn't really. F- you do the do that. You do do that a lot nowadays, I think, and I think they did me that then. But I didn't really film myself too much then. Just kind of had an idea of you sort of. You, we didn't really have many cameras to film ourselves. It's not like nowadays. You just use your phone. Yeah, it's a good point. You're like, what, on another cassette? <laughs> yeah. We're not made of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on your second screen, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You just sort of, you play it out. So say it's someone picking up a, a, a beer bottle and bringing it to their mouth. You kind of do that action. You kind of time it, time it perhaps. We'd roughly sort of figure it out. Oh, that takes about a second or two. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and then you'd, you'd, you'd kind of write all that down. Or you'd plan out a little kind of bar chart of when these things happen within the sort of time frame that you've given yourself for the the piece. So you kind of plan ahead because the one uh, one and probably major downside of of stop motion is you can't go back and change anything. Like computer animation, you can go back and change anything. Two D traditional, you need to rub those lines out and draw it back in again. So what you oh what you've done is is there, but it, in some ways it sort of frees you up a little bit because because you can't go back you kind of do more because mm. um with animation you can get sort of too caught up in the little bits of things and just keep trying to correct things and 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 end up spending and spending ages doing like a second of animation where with stop motion you go okay so i can't go back i just keep going forward yeah well i kind of i think i think so many of these things the fact that you did it um not necessarily your first choice of animation because mm. you were drinking, uh, but it teaches you so many things. And I think if you can get stop go animation right, then that sets you like just to be so meticulous. Like mm. think how many skills that taught you, like planning ahead and make, you know, I've yeah. got a week to do it. I need to get six seconds of footage done. I need to work. Like, whereas now you can just film it. It's, right, it's crap. Just, just try and earn it. And it you, uh, my patience for being creative is so short now. It's just like, I was terrible at stuff like that because I could only see like, one step ahead. I was. Mm. In, I'm just. Even now, I'm swear I'm incapable of seeing like six months ahead. So it's like, if a creative idea takes longer than a day, I'm like, I've lost. I've lost. A yeah, yeah. I'm with with animation specifically, creative ideas, they've got to be held for quite a long time because it is. I mean, I don't really do animation now. Um, I never really did it as a career. Yeah. Really. Um, because I always kind of defaulted to the bit I loved the most, which was the model part of it. Yeah. And which kind of went into my sort of computer side of things. Um, but it is, it, uh, yeah, uh, enough respect to anyone that does animation. It's really hard. Yeah. And, and also a joke. I, I think to do a dark, really weird animation would be so much easier to keep your head in that mind space than to do a comedy. You know, like a joke, trying mm. to do a punchline. Yeah, trying yeah. to do a punchline <laughs> animation. Like just breaking a joke down it's in, into its individual millisecond yeah. actions. You're like, oh, God. That's why I think, you know, like the Surgeon Simulator, like <coughs> the fact that you did it in two days, mm. the joke, you know, the, the the initial comedy stayed so fresh. Imagine if you'd spent five months doing it and they're like, mm, yeah, like I'd, like the, the no, initial it's, it's impact. surprising. It's surprising. It's still... Because when we, after sort of the initial uh, excitement of doing Surgeon Simulator, the which is just the the, the, the Game Jam version, mm. when we took it back to the studio the next day on the Monday, um, we were still sort of tired but pumped because we'd. I mean, it's it's funny because the the main thing that I wanted when we did the Game Jam was for people to like it at the end and to get a good response. Yeah, and we got that, and obviously we've got a lot more than that since it's become a success. 
Um, but then we went into the studio on Monday and showed it to the people and showed it to our peers and they all kind of, same. it was always the same response, a lot of fun, a lot of laughter. And then I don't know kind of how it came about, but then it, it made its way onto the internet. As everything As does. everything does nowadays, there's not much that's not on the internet. Uh, I think it made its way to PewDiePie. Who, I'm not sure if you know of him. I do. I'm not familiar with his work. Is mm. he a? He's, he's is, very popular. Is he a philosopher? All right. <laughs> I, I think some may call him a philosopher. What is PewDiePie? PewDiePie is the most popular person on YouTube in the world. Really? Yep. He has. Last time I looked, something like forty million subscribers or something daft like that. The numbers might be wrong there, but yeah, he's got the most subscribers. What's his name? PewDiePie. PewDiePie. Jesus. PewDiePie. Sounds like such a dad, but who has a name like PewDiePie? No. So what is? <laughs> what does he do? I assume he works in computer games. <laughs> no, he's just YouTube. He has his own YouTube channel, or well, channels probably now, and he's been on. Yeah, he's been on American TV. He was like one of the American chat show hosts. Interviewed him about all of these things. He's, yeah, he's he's like he's super successful. That's amazing. Your game got on there. Yeah. So this was before he was like super popular on YouTube. He was still he was incredibly popular. He had like a few million subscribers. Um, but he 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 played it, and it was certain sim, sim is is really perfect for probably for kind of what he does. Mm. He plays games for a living, and just. What and what and does like what just films himself? Films playing. himself playing games and films, kind of the funny things he does when he plays games. That's it. Why? By and by and large, that's kind of what he does. And Why what didn't very the careers advisors tell us about? I know. This. So kids, right? You know that thing playing games. We told you it's all right to do, but really don't do it. Yeah. Because there's no money in it, and you'll never do anything. Yeah. No. Well, this guy most popular careers advisor, it? idiots. Because we, you know, Gogglebox, of which yes, uh, you're a it. massive fan. Well, I love it. Yeah, and I was like, this is the dumbest thing. It's people watching people watching telly, but watched it yours. It was really good. And then mm. now we watch it, and it is hilarious. Yeah, I think that uh, when I was younger, me and my friends playing computer games, smoking, drinking, would have actually been very entertaining. It is. In fact, YouTube's most popular channels are gaming channels. People doing just that type of thing. And making money at it. Mental, isn't it? It is. But it's, it, okay, <laughs> it is let me mental. rephrase that. In about 10 years' time, the idea of all our normal jobs will seem mental. Or like 50 years or 20 years or whatever it is. So you were a plumber. Yeah, yeah, but you just used to go around. Like, you just like, like fix pipes together. Bogs and everything. Yeah. What? What, in a computer? No, 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 no. Like just in people's houses. They've got robots for that now, mate. Yeah. Come mental. <laughs> yeah. I still like do a, now. You got any pipes? It's like, like a ceramic thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there'll still be plumbers. So you went into animation. Yep. Did you pass the course? I did. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, yeah, definitely did. Did you pass it? Is it a three year course? Two years. Two H&D, years. Two years. Oh, the H and D. H and D. Okay. So I went, I went back again afterwards and did the top up. Oh, you topped up to a proper, proper, proper degree. Proper degree. Proper yeah. degree. Yeah. So you're finally a proper educated degree I was a proper person. Edu- educated. Educated. Yeah. Can't even speak. Not that well educated, am I? Is it time for another beer? And I'm all, I'm, I'm all right. Okay. okay yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then, so then you went, then what did you have to HD? Uni? No, I had a year out. Oh, I travelled the world. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did something as exciting as travelling the world and um, all of those exciting things. That happened a bit later on, really. I, I kind of should have done it when I was younger, but I was a bit sort of, I won't say green, but 
just not aware of the world. No, I'm totally yeah, like you. Just Someone like, said that when I was 20 during Travel the World, I was like, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not playing video games, I, all right. I think the idea probably crossed, crossed my mind, but I just sort of a bit, yeah, not aware of the world enough. Like, yeah. just dicking about with my mates was yeah. really the most things, yeah. most fun thing I could do. Like, yeah, I'm just going to go out drinking and just sort of doing stuff with my mates. And it's amazing. Yeah, this is why why would I want to change that? This yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. I've waited like twenty years to hang around mates and no job. Come yeah. on. Yeah. No school. Come on. <laughs> I know. Just, I'm living the dream. because um, when I did my H and D, I uh actually knuckled down, my G M V Q. So that's the what what did you say? You did an art course, didn't you? Yeah, that was a GMVQ. Is that GMVQ? Foundation yeah, GMVQ, yeah, yeah, yeah. GMVQ. So G M V Q B Tech, H and D, degree. Yeah. So GMVQ, I did it in engineering because yeah. I had literally Call our second. <laughs> I remember options. I had such uh, a throw in the air. I just the one. <laughs> one of these terrible days where I did my GCSEs and they're like uh, the sixth formers because that's where everyone went. Mm. Uh, and if you think like me, uh, <laughs> as all my friends went, and there's a there's a Mount Mammoth in Canada skiing trip. It's in February. And my mum was like, "You can go, you can go," and I was like, "Woo!" And then got my GCSE results, and they were like, "I got like one B." You can't C's go anymore. And all the SDs. <laughs> and they wouldn't let me in sixth form. My mum was like, well, you can't go unless you're at sixth form. And I was like, no, they, she didn't even pull the rug out. It was the, literally the school. Like, no, yeah. it's, it's a school trip. You can't go on a school trip unless you're in the school. And then I, I go to the GVQ and it was like, I remember doing a break apart of a kettle. They were like, you have to draw every element of a kettle. Yeah. Including the element. And uh, tell us how it's made and thermoplastics. And, do you know what? I did two years of it. I cannot remember anything about that course. That's terrible. But for the first Monday of the first, I think it was something like 12 weeks, I skived off with my best mate Dave every single Monday mm. and we play Goldeneye or Zelda or Gran Turismo. And they were like the best days ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was so happy. But now and I'm... People nowadays get paid for doing that on YouTube. I wouldn't. Like, oh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> I just think... But then you know when you know will 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 my child be like dad? No, I'm starting my own YouTube channel, not on my dime. <laughs> you're coming out and you're being a plumber <laughs> and doing a proper job. But no one plums anymore, dad. Yeah. Robots do it. I don't care. Yeah, you, you need a trade. Yeah, that's it. You need something to fall back on. Yeah. No, just let me get a good job, and yeah. then I won't need to fall back on anything. Yeah. No, no, because that's how we work. You need yeah. to. You're too stupid to get a proper job. <laughs> so think about your escape route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not paying for you forever, you know. Mind. So then you went. You did a year out, and yeah. What? So my year out was mostly a bit of weekend fun, drinking, partying. So seedy. I know it does, doesn't it? It sounds horrible. Um, yeah, mostly clubbing and having a good time. And also working with um, uh, my mate Craig, who uh, I'm going to say has his own construction company because it's easier to say that. Why is he a drug dealer? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he works as a construction company. It, it, he, yeah, so he, he is, uh, you know, portable buildings so like Elliot Blocks yep. um, kind of cabin type buildings so his com company basically does those things so I worked for him for, for quite a while for a good chunk of that year um, just mostly for money and it was it kind of a lot of fun there, there was it was fun aspects so you it was, a year off and you actually worked yeah that's actually fair enough yeah got a good yeah. beef with that <laughs> <laughs> um, but the intention was to um, get a job in stop motion as an animator. Yeah. That was the intention. Uh, I even had my parents build me a little studio, probably about the size of the studio in now, sort of 
don't know. So palatial. Massive, yeah. yeah. Probably smaller than this, so probably like six foot sort of square room type of thing. Ah, good parents though. Which I never used. Jesus. I know. Not properly. Poor Brodies. Come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we'll do this for you because I really need it. But, Are you uh, smoking in there? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Mum, don't come in. It's <laughs> a serious bit of animation. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he's putting a lot of effort in there, don't you? Yeah, yeah, don't disturb him, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but what they, what they don't always tell you at, at um, uni, or especially if you go into a specific course, mm. Uh, and I guess they're not going to because it's not in their interest. <laughs> yeah. no, no, I think <laughs> Come not. in, give me the money. <laughs> Outcome, that's totally up to you. Um, stop motion, even now, uh, even with the advent of 3D printing and all the magic that you can do, mm. it's still quite a niche thing. Um, so getting a job as a stop motion animator, uh, you had to be very, very determined and very good. Mm. Um, I was neither. <laughs> 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 Just on the CV in your own head. Yeah. Sue. This isn't looking too good. <laughs> I was like, oh, it sounds too hard. I just want some money. Um, so after after about a year, or give it a take for that, I kind of I kind of put in a tiny little bit of effort to get a job, but really not enough. Yeah. Because there were just so 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 few companies um, that once you'd applied to a couple of them, you're like, oh, yeah. Uh, I can't be bothered. Um, it's so, so demoralizing yeah. applying for jobs. It's the worst feeling in the world, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's like, enjoy the time off you've got. And you're like, I can't because I feel like a worthless piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get a temp job. <laughs> <laughs> what was it all for? Uh, I still can't believe you're in stock animation. Yeah. That to me sounds like the most long-winded job. In the entire I, world, I, like, I, I actually, got, I, I did actually enjoy it, but I wasn't determined enough to think this is, you know, this is what I want to do. Because I remember watching Jurassic Park, the making of, and they were saying, you know, like oh, the special effects are going to put the animators out of business, and mm. then they developed this like uh, it's, it was like an animatronic dinosaur, and yeah. when they posed it, that put the digital coordinates in, so like they okay. could still animate the things with all their like lifelike oh, and then cool, the, the cool. digital would fill in the bits and make it yeah. silky smooth and put the textures on so all the hard part that they learned of like how to you know how to give a character life and the mm. way they move and their legs and bounces was all just done by them and then the special and i thought that's cool but seeing what what is it bog trolls is that like the art? bog trolls yeah 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 and i, I saw a bit of making of that and i jokingly that i thought they said we rapid prototyped every frame and they do. Yeah. And I looked they at do. it and they just had a warehouse full yeah, of them. And it's I was amazing. Like, what? Like how in this day and age is that still the most efficient way to do it? But it gives it an element of character that you just don't get in like uh, silver. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one of the things that I, I still love now about stop motion is um, over computer animation, even like some of the best like Pixar stuff, as good as that is. Uh, I think anything digital, you intrinsically know it's not real. Mm. Even though it, if it's really good, it sucks you into the world. Um, whereas stop motion, they're real things I know. that someone's made move. It's like that 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 toy's alive. Yeah. <laughs> was that you? <laughs> it was me. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that came from the depths. That was a di dinosaur that I made in college. <laughs> wow. Because and I know I I do totally agree and. Um, uh, what did I watch? Thunderbirds. Do you remember Thunderbirds? Yes. It was like, 
I they were marionettes. Yeah, they different. were marionettes, but yeah. but it was all handmade. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it, it's these real things that yeah. are moving. It's, that is sort of captivating. Um, but yeah, nowadays they just like I think you, you, obviously you can still do the whole posing a puppet. Um, but nowadays it's all done on computer, and then they print out all the frames and put it together, and you still get the same kind of look and feel. But mm. I think it, the precision now is just yeah, and and I think the precision precision is there. But because you can do it, the animation first on computer, you have the chance to correct any mistakes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So I guess so, taking the advantages yeah, of computer. Yeah. But... So, I mean, maybe previous to that in stop motion, you do a shot. Um, but if that shot was wrong, you'd have to do that whole shot again. Yeah. Perhaps if, it were, if there was something, some glaring mistake in the middle, like some idiot comes in and kicks the uh, <laughs> kicks the set, which happened when I was at college. Well, uni. Oh, and you've got to get all the images, like doing a time lapse footage, right? You've got to get all the images. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it still sounds a little bit like you love it, though. I mean, not yeah. that you want to go back and do oh, it. Oh yeah, I like... never go back and do it. So yeah, so going from my year out of having fun and working and not really trying hard enough to get a job in stop motion. Um, I was still kind of in contact with some of my friends from uni and most of those that went on the computer animation side of things mm. or had jobs were earning pretty good money. Is it, st it still seems like quite a, not a niche, but like it's still very much in demand, you know, like. Yeah, it's still in demand, um, but super competitive now. I yeah. think, I think I, I missed the window of, when it was probably easy to get a job. Like if I'd have two years before when I was ready to get a job, mm. then like some of the guys I heard were making like silly money because they in the PlayStation one days, it was like you make a game and like nowadays there's thousands upon thousands of games. Then there wasn't that many games. So everyone would buy those games. Yeah. And the, these were sort of fairly small studios like nowadays studios for the bigger titles like a triple a game massive studios with like 40 50 people in the studio and then people beyond that it's just a huge undertaking whereas in the playstation one days and before although i don't know too much about before then um <clears throat> you have like a team of say 10 people and they sell a game and it makes millions and millions and millions and some of them get a share of that money so i heard about this that this it's like hey i want to go i want to do computer animation yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's not just for the money, but I, I think I should get into computer <laughs> Yeah. So I went back to uni and uh, <clears throat> did an extra sort of top-up year, transferred to computer animation. And I'd kind of been out of, like as a kid, I loved computer games up until sort of the age of, uh, say, 13, 14. And then I kind of sort of drifted away from them, really. And they want kind of a big interest. <clears throat> um, and even computers, I'd kind of... Like gone from even really know much about computers or anything. Yeah. So I kind of went back into this course and I was like, getting used to be using computers again and all that kind of stuff. So it was quite an intense course because I kind of had to effectively learn as much as the H and D students doing the computer animation because they were all yeah looking for a job. So I kind of had a lot to learn, but it was it worked out. <laughs> well, I think because <clears throat> see, I I kind of I love. The idea of concept art and animation, mm. and, and I, I genuinely am so drawn to it. Like even now, I always say like uh, architecture is all about storytelling. And the nice thing is, at the beginning, you're trying to sell an idea, mm. and it's not just a it's not just a building. You're trying to sell the story of the building, right? And you're trying to sell them on this idea. And but I find the actual like it's the blank paper syndrome. You're like, I've got, I, oh, I'm going to do something really creative, and now I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I and I, I find that yeah. that first bit, and if you can just find something that 
you can actually kind of get past that first stumbling block. Because for me, stop animation is like the hardest possible thing I can think of to do. Okay, I've got to imagine it, yeah, then build it, yeah, and then model each and every frame. Whereas to me, kind of computers have sped up the process now. So you can almost think in real time. It's just like, it's kind of there and you just play around with yeah. it. Yeah, keep modeling. Well, I, think it, I think with computer animation, what they, what they, what they give, they also sort of have hindrances with them as well. Um, <clears throat> so the fact that you can do sort of multiple undos and stuff whilst it's great, yeah, it can it can sort of stop you making decisions sometimes. Yeah. I think you kind of you can be so be, you can become uh, a little bit indecisive about what is you want. What about this? What about that? <laughs> I don't know. What about this? What about that? Whereas sort of more real media, which or more physical media, which stop motion is, yeah. and painting and drawing and all of these things, like actual physical with a pen yeah. and paper, um, you're committed. You have to, once you've made mm. that decision, you've got to go with it. Yeah, so true. Bex, uh, my wife's dad is, a, uh, he's a stretch engineer, but he's also a painter. Mm. And uh, he'd spent like 10 hours doing this painting and he was just staring at it. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I need to paint white over the thing I've just done. It's like the, the last bit. And he's mm. like, I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. Because I have to scrape it all that bit off. And I was just like, and what he, I've never seen someone concentrate so hard. <laughs> just, and I, I, when do you ever do that? Apart from like, I guess, driving a car. Like the time <laughs> you ever really have to like. Even then, not so much sometimes. <laughs> Oop, just nearly killed away. a person. <laughs> Keep driving. I did actually go through those red lights when you were in the car with me last week. See, I wasn't even fully concentrated. Which red light? The, the ones on the early pally. I just drove straight through them. After our man oh. walk. Just two straight guys, they're French bulldogs walking alley pally <laughs> on their own. Nothing more manly than that. <laughs> With baby. <laughs> <laughs> so what what for what because you said you went to Sony. Yeah. So I was quite fortunate, although I think that whole is it fortune? What's that what's that saying? Fortune favours the brave? Fortune favors yes, it does. That's the one? Yes, yep. yes, I believe it does, yes. Um so when I did the when I finished the computer animation course, I was a lot more driven. Like like, this is it now. I can't go back working with my mate Craig and doing building. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just not what I wanted to do. Um, I guess you can also see your whole life mapped out before you're like, well, I don't I know. I'm not ready for this yet. Not ready. Yeah, yeah. It's, and and I'd, I'd worked hard on, on the course and I'd gotten uh, a reasonable sort of grade. And yeah, I, 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 I didn't, I wanted that work to pay off. I didn't want it to just sort of, fritter away and me being stuck in Tesco's or doing something I didn't want to do. So, yeah, I pursued getting interviews a lot more fervently. Fervently, fervently, sure. So one of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, aggressively. Aggressively, that's the one I was looking for. Yeah, aggressively. Um, <clears throat> and I had a few interviews, one of those was with Sony, um, and, yeah, managed to get the job. I'm very happy Were you with not myself. a little bit like, holy shit, this is Sony. I'm with Sony. Well, I think I'd had, fortunately, I had like a few interviews lined up with a recruitment company. Uh, one of them was in a job in Bristol, which I kind of wanted. Um, it was closer to home. Where's home? Uh, home is uh, the Forest of Dean. Forest? Oh, Fod. The Fod. The Fod. Forest of Dean. Peace out to the Fods. <laughs> um, so, yeah, kind of above Bristol. Uh, so I kind of thought Bristol would be perfect. I can mm. kind of carry on the life that I have, yeah. which is panning about with my friends but have a cool job and doing something I want to do. Yeah. But uh, that first interview didn't go that brilliantly um, in that 
kind of they asked me why I wanted the job, and I kind of said, "Well, I just sort of want some money." <laughs> that, that classic. <laughs> you know, where you're just sort of too honest. Yeah. Really, I you know, I could, you could have worded it in a lot better way than yeah, that, but yeah. I kind of ultimately I wanted some money so I could kind of do things and go yeah. out and yeah. sort of live my life. Um, I, I just see this as a stopgap. Really, <laughs> I'm lost. Don't know what I want, but I just want cash. Yeah. <laughs> So, we'll, we'll contact you, James. <laughs> so I kind of reflected from that and thought, yeah, I, I've got to try a lot harder for the next interview, which which happened to be Sony. Uh, and yeah, kind of went in then, was a lot more enthusiastic and kind of took my drag, my demon that I made. Nice. Ah, yeah. there you yeah, go. See, it comes full still, circle. Yeah, still worked. Uh, so and they were that. like, Jesus, all right, you the job. Put <laughs> yeah. the terrifying thing away. Took that with me and it's just like, I, I was... Super enthusiastic, not to the point of being annoying, but I was like, yeah, this is like, yeah, this is amazing. I'm at Sony. This is brilliant. Damn straight. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, got the job. Like, and often with people, they sort of, with companies, they don't sort of tell you straight away. Um, but yeah, I was kind of walking back to get the train or wherever, however I got to London. And they called me back and like, the recruitment company called me back and said, yeah, you know, they really liked you. They'd like to call you back for a second interview. And it's like, yeah, this is brilliant. Uh, but it was, it was a, it was a, Brilliant feeling. I mean, getting your first job anyway is a great feeling, um, but working for a big, well-known L- company in, in London, London, right? Yeah, yeah, in London. So, so you'd not lived in London. This was no, like, no, no. same deal with me. This is the beginning like, of the yeah. adventure of my, of my yeah. life, really. Tell me about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I hated London when I first got here. Did you? Yeah, I hated it. Did you? Yep. It was purely for the job. Bloody fodder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was a little country boy. Yeah, there's no bloody, there's no forest <laughs> nowhere. Yeah, you want to get some more trees down here? Knock them buildings flat. Be a lovely garden. You're like, well, I'll just take my hundred pounds a month for my rent currently paying, and uh, see what I can rustle up in London. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing. Uh, that'll keep me drinks for, for the weekend. The tramp on the cardboard <laughs> makes more in bustling money than I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so so you went from being in the Forest of Dean uh, to being at Sony in London. Mm. I bet your mates like bloody millionaire now. I bet on you. <laughs> Go on, splash us some cash, man. You can buy drinks, can you? Oh, mine. I only want a beer. Yeah. What time did you finish work today, James? Uh, eight o'clock in the evening. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, mine. How long does it take to get from London? Mm, cut hours for you. Uh, I'll get you a beer. You can get me the next one. <laughs> You did live in London, though. You didn't commute. I did, yeah. Okay. But hell, commuting, no. Um, yeah, so I moved down to London. Uh, yeah, and started the adventure of living in London. But yeah, like I say, didn't enjoy living here for about the first six months. But I'd come from living in the country where I could go down to the the local town, Colford, mm. as we call the centre of the universe, um, and go down on my own, go to the pub, and people would be there that I knew. Yeah. And have a... Jolly good time. I believe it's called commu- community. C- no, I, community. I, it's lost community. to me in London, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. C- c- so adjusting to that took a while, um, but you're on your own as well, right? So no, I was with a girlfriend oh. at the time. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Did she hate London too? Uh, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I didn't think she liked it that much either. Either. Yeah. Because I remember when because. Uh, I got. I was in Nottingham and got offered a job here. So mm. I, I literally never been to London. I was like, London's the biggest city in the world. <laughs> yeah. No one could ever, ever see. No one will find here. me again. <laughs> Are we last? <laughs> and uh, we came. Like I, I came down and I was like, because Beck had this job in Nottingham and I'd been a student in Nottingham for like five years. Mm. And I was like, Beck, I got the job, and she just burst into tears because she was like, that means I have to leave my job. And I was like. <laughs> 
No, no, yeah. But, no, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, you do. And I was like, but it's fine, we'll find a lovely flat. Yeah, we'll find a house even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With got, a garden. I've got a job now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got a proper job, the yeah. job I've wanted to get forever. <laughs> Oh, it'd be easy. You know? It'd be so good. I'm sure it'll have a garage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe two. And then I was like, I remember our rent was £500 for like a two-bed, really nice new flat. And then it was like, came down here and bet was like, what? £1,050. What's the, a month? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, no, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll find these flats. And we went to like near King's Cross. Mm. And they're like, excellent transport links. And I was like, look, Beck, it's near King's Cross. Come on. It's the centre of London. Come on. And then we went there and uh, I knocked on the door. It was like a terrace flat and there's a top one and the door just like... A terraced flat. Terraced flat, yeah. <laughs> knocked coming. on the door and it boom. <laughs> Might as well have it. Yeah. And the door just flung open. Well, the lock had been smashed in. Nice, yeah, nice. Came down That's and, a winner. Yeah, the owner came down and I was like, what's wrong with the door? And he went, ah, the area. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and then like Beck was looking sadder and sadder at this point. Went up to the top and there was this like, weird Chinese couple in the corner <clears> who were like just standing there staring. <clears> they didn't say anything. And there's like a, it was really weird. And it looked over a prison, like Holloway, Holloway prison or whatever it was. And Bet was like, we're not, and just burst into tears again. And then the second flat we found is amazing. But the first one, I was like, who, who would, who would pay that much money? That's always amazed me about London um, is the price difference between, or the, the, between what you can get. Yeah. Well, not the price difference, but you can like say a thousand pound a month. You can get somewhere that's okay or absolute <laughs> hole. <laughs> it's like who who's 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 paying for this? Yeah. Like really? In, what? in normal places outside London, if it's shit, it's less money. Yes. And if it's good, it's more money. Yeah. In London, there's just chances everywhere. <laughs> and they're like, well, every other house in the street's a thousand pounds a month, so yeah. this will be a thousand pounds a month. Even yeah. there's a crack den. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like <laughs> Mm, well, I best we best take it. <laughs> yeah, and it's no wonder people hate London when they come down because you're like, I lived in a really nice house, yeah, uh, with a pub I loved, yeah, and now I'm too scared to go into the pub because it's stabby, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like people are like, was there a st- like if there's a stabbing anywhere in Worcester where I used to live, it would be like front page news mm. in London as long as it's not on the street that you live on. Yeah, no, right. no, it's two streets long. Yeah, it's nothing to me. Yeah, yeah two, it's oh, that's, that's like the miles away or you're like no no it was gang related this, this, <laughs> yeah this street's fine nothing happens on this street well apart from maybe a couple of weeks ago when uh, that thing happened but yeah yeah and the gunshot I didn't hear it so yeah pff, yeah, yeah. I just slept right through it yeah whatever <laughs> so then you're at Sony and then okay so what, we can finally get on computer games now <laughs> what was the first one you worked on uh, so I worked on a game called This Is Football This Is Football that was the first first ever game I worked on and as the, a lead artist, artist. no 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 uh, as artist so I had the option when I started, they asked, do you want to do animation, computer animation, or uh, 3D modeling? And I was like, modeling, please, because it's easier. Mm. And I enjoy it more. Um, so yeah, just 3D modeler. Uh, making football players' heads. What? Yeah, that was... Football players' football heads? Football players' heads. Based on real people? Based on the football players, yeah. So you just, what, like, just stared endlessly at, like, football players' heads and... Yeah, basically, we downloaded downloaded reference material from the internet. We had like a, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the website Getty Images. Yeah, yeah. So we had like, um, you can pay for certain images from them and they have obviously a lot of editorial sport type images on there. They got everything image-wise. So we kind of um, bought images of football players from them and then used them as reference to model 
all the football players. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you enjoy that? Or were you a bit like, initially, I thought it was so new. I thought it was going to be awesome and bloody modelling Ian Wright's head. And initially, <laughs> for, for quite a while, the buzz of having a new job, the buzz of being at Sony, um, the not so much a buzz of being in London because I didn't enjoy it initially, but Missing just... in the night bus running for your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just that whole kind of thing. Yeah, I enjoyed it. The work was quite cool for a while, but it did get, it did get tedious. Um, but I mean, I think more just being at Sony. Yeah. Really just... Must have uh, done wonders for your CV as well. You're like... Yeah, yeah. Um, but because I think when I started, it was like, I started a, sort of a December the 10th, I think. I remember what year now. Um, so it was Christmas time. Christmas parties. I bet, I bet a Sony <laughs> Christmas party is quite... Sony had, Sony had the best parties ever. They had some great parties. Um, more so the PS2 date, PS2 years... Sony was making a lot of cash. Yeah. They were the golden days. And, and they, they were good. They spent some of that cash on their employees. So we have great parties, great Christmas parties. Um, Did you say you got flown out somewhere? No, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, every two years they had uh, a, a conference. Conference. Um, which yes, I always thought yes, was just like a holiday, really, where you kind of had to attend sort of some talks. But if you were hungover and couldn't hear them, it didn't really matter too much. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we went to one year. We went to Euro Disney, all expenses paid. What? Uh, and then the best one was uh, Malta. That was brilliant. And it, What were they expecting? They, char- they charted Malta. They chartered two airplanes just for Sony people because it was Sony London, uh, Sony Cambridge and Sony Liverpool. And what? how long were you Malta for? Uh, three days. For a conference, sorry, for conference. Inverted conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Conference. conference, yeah. It's just yeah. absolute piss up then. Yeah, it's just brilliant. <laughs> oh my God. And, uh, and I bet Sony have tightened the old purse strings now. Oh yeah, once they? the PS3 came out, all that shit stopped. They couldn't afford it anymore because there was a big investment for PS3. Um, <clears throat> and they really, I mean, they really smashed it with the PS2. Because yeah. I remember the oh, PS1, yeah. I, do you remember how easy it was to like, like break the PS1? You know, as I never, never had one. I remember it. it, some of my friends had one, but I never had one. Because I remember, like, you could have, like, Gran Turismo, Tony Hall mm. skateboarding for, like, a pound. Like, your mate, your, mate, your mate at school would, like, just do something to the back crack of it. it. Yeah, I don't, yeah, crack it. I don't even know what it was. I can and, crack it for you. Yeah. I've already cracked it, dropped it. Um, no. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah crack it. Give, I, give I just, a quid. <laughs> and I remember, like, thinking, you know, I was so used to N64. Yeah, Goldeneye. Mm. And that was it. That was the, one, was, that was the was good. one good game on Gold the N64. And there were a few other bits and bobs that I liked. But then I got like Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo like, was amazing. And I probably killed 1 billion percent of my brain cells from just <laughs> playing Gran Turismo. But I remember like we were saying when we were on our walk that that was like I rushed home from uni because yeah. my f- best mate Dave had got the turbo for a Mitsubishi Evo <laughs> and he was going to race it. And I was like, I've got to get home. Like, I don't know, this like, is like a real car almost. <laughs> or at least the closest I can get. Yeah, you've got the new <laughs> chassis for the Subaru. Oh my God. And I remember being so excited. And then, like, he got Zelda for the N64. And we I genuinely must have spent three months of our life playing that game. Yeah, it yeah. was amazing. And then, kind of, as it's evolved, they've kind of got so big. Like, okay, I have the, the, co- the cost. <laughs> the costs involved now are so much greater than they were in the PS2 days. Um, but, yeah, they used to have some good, good parties at Sony. The one party, the what was it, Golden something party? That was, that was good. They had... Um, you know, if you heard of Dita Fontis, Dita yeah. Fontis, yeah, they had her. 
Oh my god! Coming out of a big champagne glass. So life was pretty fucking good um, when you were at Sony. Then the, I mean, yeah, it was a bit repetitive. But. Yeah, yeah. Job wise, it did get tedious after a while, and I wanted to move. But the the atmosphere that Sony had was, yeah, I've got to give it give it credit. It was good. Um, they know how to treat their staff. They did. They did. Yeah. They, and were they probably still do. Raking yeah. in the cash. As well, yeah, they, they were. They were making some cash. And then when did you move to your current place? Um. Three years ago, probably nearly four years ago now. Yeah, Bossa. What did you call it? Bambosa. Bambosa. Bambosa Studios. Yeah, yeah, Bossa yeah, yeah, Studios. Bossa, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, probably about three and a half years ago. So, was it, were you like, oh, it's Sony? Maybe if I can work and I can work my app, or did Bossa just go like, James, we want you to do like your current role, and we'll you know we'll give you creative freedom at, Bo- at Bossa? Yeah. Um, no. So there or was, was a... there a sexual harassment claim against you? So <laughs> You've been Googling me. You've been Googling me, haven't you? (laughs) Okay, okay, I can pause it. Yeah. Yeah, so just carrying on now. There you go. Pee break over. Pee break over. (laughs) I needed that. Yeah, me too. Didn't want to wheel over your nice floor. You could have. Mm, It is concrete, so you just sort of wipe it off. It's an audible medium, (coughs) so no one could have heard you do it. Well, maybe. Not if I pee on the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Jesus, James, stop it. (laughs) So you're, you're a bosser. Bossa, yeah. So before Bossa, um, I lived in India and worked in India. The hell were you doing there? Same thing. Computer, games, stuff. Interesting that I said at the very beginning of this podcast, the best type of learning process would be to go travel and get a job in a different country. Yeah, it, it is. Oh, it's... So I was right. It is. I would, I would, it's, it's, it's the next step from moving to London. I think uh, moving to London, having a job here, it it does kind of change and improve you. Mm. Once you get over that kind of it being very very different to the world you were once in, you kind of um, I kind of see it a bit like this. So uh, when when you're a kid, the your your boundary is usually the end of the street. Yeah, you're like, don't cycle any further than the end of the street. <laughs> Why? Just don't. <laughs> Because I can't see you there. <laughs> basically because I can't see you and I'll worry. <laughs> and you're a kid and you're an idiot, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. You yeah, just yeah. don't know anything. Yeah. But I know everything. No, you don't. <laughs> Let me tell you now. <laughs> you stay away from that Gary at the end of yeah. the road. Yeah, don't go anywhere near them. <laughs> don't go see his puppies. <laughs> so what you're saying is London so, becomes the alternative end of the road. Yeah, so so you, you, you go to the end of the road and then maybe you go on a bus when you get older on your own. And it, it's that ne- it's that constant sort of yeah. progression of what you think your boundaries are, and a lot of those are sort of self-imposed when you get older. They're not kind of imposed by your parents; they're more sort of self-imposed yeah. boundaries. You think, well, me living and working in another country, yeah, that's nuts, my nana. <laughs> um, but coming to London, you you meet lots of other people that have travelled the world and done these different yeah. things, and you think, I'd never thought of doing that, but do you know what? I'd actually like to give something like that a go, yeah. and a lot of my friends that. Um, I still have and have had because friends. It's very transient place in London, so yeah. you have friends from all over the world who are here for a while and then they yeah, go back to wherever so they've, they've come yeah, from. Yeah. Um, but you kind of think, well, they've come from their part of the world and uh, are living here. Yeah, um, I could maybe do it elsewhere. Uh, <clears throat> so it's like when someone says to you in quite <coughs> a um, just a nonchalant way, you know, like 
back home, no one come down to London. They mm. just wouldn't do it. They'd be like, oh, no, tube's too busy. And like, My grandma's never been down to London in her entire life. It's oh, been bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. Just, no, it's just too busy. Like, it's not. It's like, it's really yeah. not. It's obviously, it's busy. It's too far. Yeah. <laughs> You've been to different There's countries. There's cars nowadays, grandma. The horse and cart's gone. <laughs> what? <laughs> And then I went to Nottingham and my mate Tom was like, you should know, you've got to get a job in London. Yeah. I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm, London's not my thing. I don't want to. He's like, much, yeah. but he was just like, no, you, it was so, such a stupid thing for me to say not to come to London. And then I came down here and then I'm sat next to, I was sat next to a girl from Egypt, a guy from Canada and a guy mm. from um, uh, Macedonia. And they're like, and then a guy from Germany and a guy from Malta. Like everyone around me <laughs> is like, is from different countries. And then you're like, I totally agree. You're like, Oh, I suddenly, because I only speak one language, feel really stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, aside from being a typical English person like yeah. myself and only really needing to speak one language. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone else tries so hard to speak English. I know. No, I, my mum's German. <laughs> and when I go to Germany, I try and do German. And they're like, can we just talk English? <laughs> yeah, because you sound like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Which way to the library? Yeah. I have four brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, Ben, do you want to talk about the mortgage you've got? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Complicated economic things, fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in London, you just, you just, people are just people. There's good ones, bad ones, people are just people. And that's kind of, kind of one of the sort of things it teach you and teaches you. So, that, so yeah, so kind of, Going to India was never somewhere I'd ever planned on going on holiday, let alone even working. And Whereabouts in India did you work? Uh, I lived in a place called Hyderabad, or Hyderabad, however it's pronounced, mm. uh, which is as close to the center of India as you can probably get in terms of actual a city and place you could sort of so live. You, so you were at Sony, uh, mm. you're quaffing champagne, flying around the world, and you're yeah. crazy parties. You're like, do you know what I need to do? I need to go to the middle of India, I'm going to do it. Like, what? what? Yeah, it, it wasn't sort of planned out that way, but I'd been at Sony for six years at that point. <clears throat> and as fun as the party side of things were, like the launch parties and things, they they were only sort of occasional parties and yeah. and you can't just live off just going to parties, really. Yeah. The, most, the biggest part of your day and your life really is what you do <laughs> yeah. for a job. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So if, if that started to become tiresome, which it had, um, I mean, I'm not a fan of football at all. And There's only so many footballers' heads. There's only so many footballers' heads. And, and for a large part of what I did, I think for three or four years was iterations on This Is Football. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and I progressed sort of uh, from sort of artist to sort of uh, kind of lead artist yeah. or le lead character artist at least. Uh, <clears throat> and then when PS3 came came out, things sort of changed, and I was put on a prototype team, which kind of didn't really go anywhere really. Uh, and it, it just it, like any any job, if if it there's a point with some jobs where you just think it's not was working. it crazy hours as well? Or was uh, it right? Hours are pretty good, actually. I do a lot more hours now, but I enjoy it more, so I don't mind it yeah. as much. Um, yeah, it was very much more nine to five. There was crazy bits, but for the most part, nine to five type of job. Um, but yeah, I just got bored of it. So I was I was looking to, I had friends that had, uh, um, from Australia, New Zealand, um, a couple of people I knew that had been lived in Canada, and I thought, I want to, go and travel, I'm going to go to an English-speaking country that's probably a little bit like what I'm going yeah. from. <laughs> but d a different location, really. <laughs> and you got to India and, and you were like, this 
this is backfired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a start. <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> I just need some meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, Canada was the place that I wanted to go to. Vancouver, Vancouver, right? yeah. yeah. Vancouver, I thought this is this is everything that I would want in a place. Uh, ma- uh, snowboarding, skiing, oh, no. uh, and then it's, it's closer to the, closer to the shore or the coast, so you can you can do like everything that like, adventure sport wise. I thought th- th- that's perfect. Yeah, and it's like one of the top places to live in the world or something. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so I applied to a few places there, but um, didn't make the grade. Uh, then I applied to a few places in in Australia, but again didn't quite make the grade um and i kept i kept pursuing it and then i was with a recruitment company called adventure recruitment who deals specifically in securing places around the world for for, for kind of people within the games industry uh, and then then one day kind of as they do they send you like what about this job what about this job uh job for india came through i was like mm. in my head i was thinking mm, i don't know about india and i really sort of thought about that and i read the job spec and one of the things that got me most interested <laughs> was the uh, like of the package that they'd offer. It was this senior role, so I thought this is good. It's sort of progression in my career, yeah. um, and it's kind of it, it's sort of all the, the salary was good, especially being it was like more than what I would was earning net um, then at the time. Um, but being in India, like it's cheap, it's cheap there, um, and they, I had my apartment pay, paid for and all the rest of it. So my living expenses were next to zero. But the clincher thing was that I would have my own driver. <laughs> you had your own driver? <laughs> That's why it said I would have my own driver. And I thought, yes, I have made it. Okay. <laughs> I've got my own driver. Yes. I can get drunk as much as I want now. <laughs> That's amazing. Mum, dad, I'm going to India. Why? I have my own driver. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see you there, son. <laughs> yeah. Do you actually just there every day? No. Oh. I didn't get my own driver. Why not? Just didn't get one. They lied. They lied. They lied to me. They got me all the way there. I'm in. I'm <laughs> angry for you. Yeah. That was like when I bought a car, and they were like, "It comes with their uh, full service history," and I was like, "As a signing over, I was like, where's service history?' Yeah, it doesn't have one. <laughs> You're like, you. That's pretty, the bit I wanted. Pretty sure you lied <laughs> yeah. to me. So you got there, and you were like, "I guess I just ring my driver up." <laughs> well, uh, well, when I got there, <laughs> that was a bit overwhelming. <laughs> See, I'm I'm not always the. Uh... <laughs> Where's my driver? <laughs> Come on, I'm not always the best prepared person. I'm a little bit, sometimes naive with things, and a little bit sort of like happy go lucky. I say, I guess, to sort of yeah, be all right, be fine. I think we're very similar. <laughs> be fine. So, um, it it was all organised. I mean, fortunately, a lot of it was organised by the company that I was, I was going to work for. I had a phone interview, secure the job, and all the rest of it. Um, they arranged the flights. Uh, I took my bike with me. Because of no driver, I would imagine. No, because I thought, uh, I've always taken my bike everywhere I go with me because it's uh, something I enjoy doing. <clears throat> I think I think it cost me like 500 quid to take my bike. Yeah, t- bikes, I, yeah. I was about to ask you, why is it so expensive? I didn't, I didn't plan like booking it in. I just thought, oh, I'll just pay for it. And then the company that I work for, they'll be fine with that. <laughs> and they didn't. <laughs> they said, no, we, we pay for the flights. We can't pay for the uh, bike too. And you're like, well, it's all right. I've had yeah, my, my driver's too, fine. Yeah. Put it in the boot. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, I was quite sort of naive a little bit going out there. And um, some of my friends said, oh, you best take a towel and some stuff with you. Like, I took clothes, obviously. 
Um, but I just, just in your pants <laughs> in the airport, yeah. waving for a driver. Driver clothes, please. <laughs> driver, get me some clothes. <laughs> I'd like a lovely new suit. <laughs> uh, so obviously I had clothes, but I took. Uh, someone said you better take some towels. I'm like towels? What are you doing? Well, all right, I'll take some towels. Good job I did take some towels because uh, the apartment that I had was bought bar a bed was unfurnished and no sheets for a while. I slept underneath my towel. <laughs> Fortunately, it's warm in India, but even then, it's nice to have something to pull over you so the mosquitoes can't bite your ass. <laughs> Hi, James, your mum. Hi, James. Yeah. How's it going? Having a good time? No. <laughs> no, it's horrible. <laughs> but I think I was I was fine. I was okay with a lot of things because it was such this new... I mean, things like like living anywhere, living in London, there's things that, that, that yeah. really irritate you. Um, and that's the difference between going on holiday and living somewhere. Holidays are a lot of fun. Uh, living places are good and bad all mixed together. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, initially it was just so sort of brand new <laughs> and just like nowhere I'd ever been before. It was just like just wide eyed and. Yeah, like, I guess I'll go to a pub. Yeah. And, no, and, I'll go to the news. Eight. No. Uh, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was, I mean, I, that, that excitement of being somewhere and really having to sort of think for yourself and like, it's just me now. This is. I actually quite enjoyed that aspect. Um, and like, unfortunately, I think I wouldn't have gone um, if the the English wasn't spoken quite a lot Yeah. Um, by most people. Everyone has some degree of English, so you can communicate with pretty much everybody. Um, <clears throat> but you're happy that you went then? It's like a, it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Posi- it, positive memory. Yeah, it was, it's, I mean, like I say, living somewhere is good and bad. But yeah, it's it's it was overall a, a very worthwhile experience. It definitely taught taught me a lot, kind of about myself and just sort of people are just like I said, just people are just people, really. And games like you know working computer games and stuff. Did that? I mean, I'm not just being judgy, but is India a particularly large game capital? <laughs> no, um, probably more so now. But at the time, it was. The wall's falling. <laughs> I thought someone was coming My in there. Dodgy recording studio. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, at the time, and I imagine it's probably still to to a degree still still the same. It's very much more an outsourcing location for computer mm-hmm. game stuff. So, as computer games in general has grown as an industry, uh, and the expense to make a game has also grown, mm. then it's meant that that the industry has sort of pushed its boundaries of wanting to get people in business want to get things done cheaper to make the cost of that product cheaper so they can make bigger profits. Well, we've, we, I mean, we here, like when we're doing these big projects, we had an Indian CAD company, we had a Vietnamese CAD mm. company, and then I found out things like Family Guy, the, the animation's done in India or Vietnam. Yep, yep. Uh, a lot of, um, apart from perhaps some of the, like Pixar, they all do. I'd be surprised if they outsource any of that. Right. Um, but yeah, a lot of animation. It more, I guess, the the bigger uh, films that you would see, they'd be done in in, in America mm. or wherever the main location is for that particular type of film and industry. Um, but the the more D, to, straight to DVD type releases, yeah. they they would definitely be shipped to like India or Vietnam or or kind of like crazy, China or. I guess with computer games, if you've got something with a lot, like a hell of a lot of repetition, you know, like every every level is a slight variation on the one before. I'm trying to like, I'm, I think football's perfect. You got like yeah. 500 players to model. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, at the if they were to do something like what I was doing at Sony now um, today, then yeah, 
the vast majority of that work would be just shipped out to, to, to some other country that could do it for cheaper and still to the same sort of standard, really. That's crazy. And then, and then what you decided, how long are you in there for? Um, give or take on and off. <laughs> Three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Found out a lot about myself. <laughs> um, Almost two years, give or take. It wasn't oh. two years straight. I had to, because I changed companies when I was there. Uh, the, the, com- the main company that I went to work for, uh, the, they, uh, at the time, I was there for six months. It was a year's contract. I was there for around about six months, and this was in 2008. And at that six-month point was when the whole global economy, well, for at least the Western world, took a bit of a dive. Yeah. Things weren't quite as uh, solid as people thought they were. Were we for- You forget what a rough time that was to find, try and find a job mm. at that time. I was fine. Yeah. In- <laughs> India's not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, they, uh, the company that I worked for, they decided to get rid of me. They called me to the office and said, uh, we'd, we'd, we'd like to keep you, keep you. Um, but uh, for half your salary. <laughs> uh, that's along with your driver. I was like, yeah, along with the driver, we didn't give you. Um, I was like, mm, "That's fine, I'll leave." Yeah, can you can you do that in England? What's that, uh, James? We're not going to fire you. Yeah, uh, we're just going to keep you on at half your salary. And you're like, uh, "That sounds like you're firing me." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you could do it quite as easily in in, in the UK. Um, but I I'd made a lot of good friends out there, and I made kind of contacts, and the the the, the industry was quite buzzing. The games industry, really? yeah, it, the, it was. It's, probably still is quite a growing industry they've they they kind of were starting to go from purely outsourcing to making their own ip yeah. making their own games or films or whatever um so i'd i'd made some contacts out there and i got a job a week later um but it it means when you change a job if you're going to another country it's a bit it's a bit of an ass really you've got to come back and get a new visa uh, yeah, you can't just like oh, get a new visa I'll just post my passport back to you guys and then you just post it back to me and then yeah fine no problem no you can't you have to come back and then you gotta apply for the thing oh, it's all shit it is yeah, it's annoying and then what so then you came back to Boston then no so then I, I when I lost my first job at India came back I got, got a new job in India but I had to come back and get a new visa to then go back out and work for this other company um, and then I worked for I think it was coming. It was called Game Shastra. I worked for them for six, seven months. Then um, <laughs> one of the uh, uh, guys that I worked with, um, he was starting his own company in India. In in India, yeah. And the guy that he originally wanted to, so he was a programmer, a guy called Jim, and he had his friend Josh. We all worked for Game Shastra. Uh, was an artist and they were kind of going to set up this company in India uh, like a game studio he, they had a bit of a falling out <laughs> and Josh didn't really enjoy living in India so left so he was this, this the the company had they got funding and all the rest of it so it was going down the road of kind of getting somewhere and he kind of Jim approached me and went uh, would you be interested and I was like mm, I'm kind of thinking about leaving India he's like uh what if we offer you this much money? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> then I will stay. Obviously, you've persuaded me. I'm going to stay. Um, but I, it was like it was it was a no risk thing for me. I didn't yeah. have to invest any of my own money. The only thing I had to invest to invest is my time. Do you know what I find really interesting? Is like I, you know, you you uh, the majority of the time you work for a big company, right? Mm. You you know, like in 
to me, I feel like uh, where's well, a big decision. Uh, I guess these guys know what they're doing. They're a big company, mm. so I will work for them. But the idea of like, if one of my mates said, oh, "I've just started a company, do you want to come work for me?" I'd be a little bit like, uh, "I don't know if you're 100 percent sure of what you're doing. <laughs> like, yeah. Do I want to? Like, to me, that seems like a big <clears throat> risk." But then if you're in India already and you're between jobs, I guess you're like, well, it's exciting. But like, I just, the mindset, I guess in computer games, it's much more boom and bust computer games, right? It like is a little bit, yeah. It is a, it is quite a boom and bust sort of industry. You can, just because as a studio you make one successful game doesn't mean that the next game you make is going to be successful because you're making a brand new thing every time which have its own little complications and own yeah. problems you've got to figure out. And although you will have learned some lessons from the previous game you made, it doesn't necessarily mean that all of those lessons you learned from the previous one, you can apply directly to the next one. It could be something completely different. And you're kind of, if you're doing like big-ish games, you're kind of gambling the house on like, you're going all in on every single game because there's no... Almost, yeah. If yeah, you're, if you're putting like, gamble, yeah. like six months of work in, assuming that when the game comes out, you'll make the money back yeah. and it doesn't do very well, you've then got to rapidly try and make another game to cover the losses of the first one and make more money. You're like, yeah. okay, well, let's be super creative this time. Let's not mess around. Let's, <laughs> let, let's double down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on, on that side of, 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 of the games industry, it's, it's quite a stressful mm. position to be in because it's, although you can grow the company, it is a little, there is, there is an element of boom and bust. <clears throat> you are investing a lot in the potential of this next product. It's not like... Yeah you're iterating it like a lot of it uh, or how I see a lot of industry. Um, you're iterating on a product mm-hmm. like Apple. They're just iterating on a product. It's not like, right, we made the iPhone. Now we're going to go and make, oh, they are going into cars, but now we're yeah. going to make a car. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to put we all don't, our stuff. We don't know anything about it, but we're yeah. going to go and make a car. Yeah. It's got some sort of technology. We'll put the phone in it. So yeah. it's kind of like the stuff we've done before. Um, so it's, it's, it's very much a new thing each time. So yeah, it's quite a challenge. Because I was just—I mean, you've just made me think. Like, we're designing a skyscraper, mm. uh, but we're not designing a new way of living. Yeah. In a very tall building, yeah. it's essentially an iteration of hundreds and thousands of skyscrapers come before. But if you think of all the little steps that you make money, they're like every single work stage you make money, and at the end of the day, you're designing a building that other consultants feed into. Whereas in a computer game, you're kind of in just new territory. You mm. know, like yeah. Surgeon Simulator, perfect example. You're like, this will be fun. And then you make a game. Oh, let's see if my bosses like it. They do. Oh, we're going to sell it. Mm. And now you've done, what, two million copies or something ridiculous? Yeah, I think it's, saying it's sold over uh, over two million copies now. I don't know what it is now, but it's, it's over two million, yeah. yeah. 93% Which is... uh, review rating on Steam, if I'm not correct. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. yeah. Very so well. That's, that's good, yeah. That's good, well-researched. That's not bad, is it? <laughs> that's not bad. But I can't, like... Do you, um, uh, like, that's like a massive amount of games. Like, is it, what's, what's a normal game make? Like, what does a normal bosser game make? Is, 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 is oh, this in terms a, of uh, units sold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, like, is this massive <coughs> for them? Uh, yeah, yeah. For, for bosser, it's been um, sort of commercially successful. It's been their most successful product to date, which is, huh. which is pretty cool. I mean, for me and the guys that worked on it, it's pretty cool. And obviously the rest of the studio have also put a lot of hard work into that because it went from just being this thing me and four guys did on a weekend to something the four of us um, were allowed or kind of given permission to make it in, in effect yeah. or given the more the time, I should say, rather than permission to, to make this because it also took a risk. It was 
not what they wanted to do. Well, not, not what they were the kind of their, their outlook at the time mm. when we made, and it was when we made Surgeon, um, Facebook, um, boss were more about sort of the uh, mobile games. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sort of direction. Um, PC wasn't really something that they were necessarily sort of gunning towards. Yeah. I'm not saying they would, weren't, <clears throat> were ruling it out, but it was something they perhaps weren't going towards. And it was this, this jokey sort of game. Yeah. That, um, mm. It, it obviously had a lot of interest on uh, on YouTube and stuff. It yeah. had a lot of views from the initial Game Jam version. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a risk for them. But I think if you... Because to me, when I saw the game, I was like, it doesn't look like any of the games I've seen. I think the majority mm. of games are like... If you look at an iPhone, for example, they're gorgeous. But a lot of them are exactly the same. In fact, mm. some of them are so dumbed down now, like Rayman... I can't remember if that's the exact name, but it's like a platforming game. It's, yeah. it's stunning. Like it's yeah, amazing yeah, to look it at. Lovely, yeah. But it's lit. It does auto run, and all you do is press jump. And that, but it's like it's so boring. Like yeah. I got it because it looked gorgeous, and yeah, I spent yeah, like yeah. six minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> and then, I, and then I got what was the other one I was telling you about, like Lumion or like Lum- Lumios or something. It was like a gorgeous game. I think someone had built a model, and you had a oh CG yeah yeah character. yeah. Oh, it looks brilliant. Yeah, I bought it for Steam and oh, yeah. off Steam and. Um, yeah, it's 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 made with three real three D yeah, yeah. actual things, and I I'm saw like, the making oh, of it, it, and I was like, "Wow, yeah. what an amazing idea!" And then I got so pissed off with it because you're like clicking everywhere. Yeah, it's boring. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, That's not what I wanted. I wanted to control the character. I yeah. wanted to be like, but no. And then the and then I saw the Surgeon Simulator, and I was like, I didn't know Steam did games like that because for to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's more of a kind of play for half an hour or like it's it's like fast fun who's like surgeon yeah 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 i mean it's like a fun game and yeah. it's like it, the it's, physics are i guess i guess like, you could consider it a little bit as a, a party game yeah 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 exactly it, it's yeah. the sort of thing perhaps you get like a couple of people around and and you'd all have a bit of fun playing it and laugh at each other playing it i guess yeah. you consider it more of that than like i mean some people probably do play it very seriously and yeah. want to get good at it like anything people can take anything seriously um, but yeah, it's more of a fun. But I didn't know like the PC world was catering because Steam is PC, right? If yeah. People don't know like Steam's the iStore of like the uh, Apple Store of PC. Right? Effectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 it kind of I kind of makes me sort of sort of smile a little bit and laugh. I think um, there was a time not so long ago, I think when when mobile was taking off. I mean, mobile's still big, but when mobile were taking off, taking off, just on when. Facebook had sort of reached its peak of games and then obviously Facebook decided they don't want to do games anymore yeah. and that kind of died. Um, but there was, there was sort of lots of articles saying, no, the PC's dead, PC market's dead. Yeah. Um, no one does PC anymore. I mean, fair enough, perhaps the, the sales of the hardware aren't as big, but um, lots of people still have a PC. Mm. Uh, and I think now, now the PC market's even picking back up again or has been picking up for a little while. And I think... Uh, with Surgeon, we'd sort of, we kind of s- struck into that kind of market. But again, uh, all the thing, all the tools, the free tools, the YouTube, I mean, I guess the same with the podcast. I don't pay for anything. Mm. And it's like, got like, because of the ACAST format and iTunes got like a worldwide, you know, people in like Kazakhstan have downloaded <laughs> the podcast. Mm. And like, you know, that's all free. Like, mm. it's mental. And like, the idea that, you know, like you make a decent amount of money off like a game. You know, I'm obviously it's a huge amount of work, but it's kind of because I remember coming around to yours and you. I'm just like changing subjects a little bit, but you 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 were designing your flat in a computer game software. Uh, yeah, effectively. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, the software Maya has used for more than just computer games used heavily in the film industry. I think initially that's was its main focus, the films industry. But yeah. as games got bigger and bigger and bigger, um, it's become more prevalent in, in, in that games industry. Because like, cause I remember at uni, like when you're doing rendering, you either use like Cinema 4D or Maya or you use Studio Max yeah, or yeah. you use All V-Ray. <laughs> like a V-Ray V-Ray's plugin. popular for arti- uh, 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 architecture. Uh, I can't say the word. Architecture. <laughs> <laughs> it's that architecture, isn't it? Oh, no. And, uh, but like, but I watched like some, certain people on my course they were doing architecture, but they mm. were learning like professional grade, like film animation mm. software. And the stuff they did was absolutely amazing. And then they became architects. And I was like, I feel like you, you, you came in at the right point and you yeah. found the right path. And then you just took a total left turn. <laughs> and now they're like, you know, like designing, you know, small buildings. And they, that's not what they wanted to do. And they kind of yeah. got a bit lost. And like, I'm interviewing someone tomorrow for a, the podcast. They're from Factory 15 and they do they started off as architecture students and then the one guy's amazing at animation and did this uh, short film called Robots of Brixton okay. and it's like the riots of Brixton done but he animated it all oh, himself wicked, yeah. and now he does their like he's like their creative director and does all their like films and stuff with advertising and stuff and I remember looking and going I don't know how that's done I don't, I don't know how I couldn't do one still image of a moving footage that you did and I just think like but I think I think there's a a, a really lovely crossover with a lot of mm. things nowadays like like initially my focus was to get into films and TV. Um, but I think now that, that that line between sort of films and TV and games and architecture, because they all use similar sort yeah. of software now. A lot of it is, at its heart, 3D software rendered in different ways, whether it's yeah. sort of pre-rendered stuff, um, which is still probably more architectural, or um, real-time stuff, which is still more games. Yeah. But even the crossover between uh, real-time rendering and pre-rendering, I think... I think pre-rendering will have its space with film and TV for a long while yet, but um, real time, it's gaining ground on architectural stuff yeah. and other industries because people want things quickly. They don't want to wait for because rendering stuff takes ages. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And even with a good computer, it's still quite time because you need to set up all the lights and all the switches and oh, yeah, oh, and I'll click that on, oh, press the button. <laughs> oh, it's, why is it still dark? I'll turn that light on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, like, you've been working on it for a week, and then, like, your boss comes over and goes, It's too dark. You yeah. Know, Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Click oh, global illumination. Why is it all pixelated? Oh, oh, you put the wrong texture on the white. What do you mean yeah. it's white? It's bloody white. No, it's put... error. It's telling me the texture's not there. Oh, what? I just put a brick texture on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. Jesus Christ. This is, who wants to, who would do this? <laughs> I was thinking like, because um, talking of Unreal. Yeah. Uh, I will wrap this up soon, I promise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh God, we're going to have the two hour mark. Really? <laughs> yeah. It only seems like 10 minutes. We're having so much fun. And uh, <laughs> If you've managed to listen for this long, yeah. well done. I, well done you. Uh, yeah. If you're still listening, we can go for ages. No, no, they're like, Louisa, geez. you're probably the yeah, only person yeah. that's listened this far. <laughs> Tweet, for you. yeah, we're still listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he's working on Unreal. Mm. And I went to uh, another animation house uh, called Unit 9, and they do a load of Unreal stuff. Mm. And it's Unreal. 
Beautiful. I just had to get the joke. Yeah. Uh, and well but the, some of the stuff they're getting in VR is incredible. And then yeah. we we came back like buzzing. We'd seen like it's the future man with the Oculus <laughs> Rift, and we were like, uh, can we look to porn? No. Uh, and, and then they've got that name. I, but this is what the guy yeah, said. He said the, the porn industry is pushing 5K VR, and I was like, no one needs to see something not in that, 5K. Not coming at you. Well, wow. <laughs> dodge, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> matrix. And he was like, um, so we got this amazing graphics card. We put the whole city in, and we we're flying around London, and it was absolutely incredible. Mm. I bet that's cool. Yeah, and like, but the sense of scale, like, because because it's all 3D. Uh, like animated sorry like in the CG environment the Oculus Rift allows you to like tilt your head sideways mm. and you can actually lean over stuff and like look down stuff so like you're leaning forward and the sense of losing your stomach is actually really impressive Yeah, and it's got to the point now where the client would rather see an animation done quickly than you know the beams coming through the window and the dust yeah. in the air you're like no they just want to see it no I don't like it next and, and the speed at which we're doing stuff it makes Wait. me think slightly you should just use computer game designers to do the early animations that we do because yeah possibly we're trying to sell a story right and like we're just obsessing over how it, like the how the details fit in and the client just wants to be sold an idea but even even then i think that that story part is prevalent in games mm. and anything else i think if you, if you don't have a good story yeah something that people can buy into then people aren't going to be interested in it. Because the surgeon simulator, you can just say people just get it straight away. As a story, like yeah. you're a surgeon. Like well, there, there is a whole story to it. There's the, the We had the characters and they had personalities. I mean, obviously it doesn't come through necessarily in the game itself. When you play it, the game is just like a, a modern day version of Operation that we had probably yeah. when we were kids. Um, <clears throat> but that's perfect. It requires no exposition. Yeah. No tons of like, <laughs> yeah. like there's no intro <laughs> sequence you have to watch. It's just like, you're, like you can you can look into it as much as you want but, but yeah i mean the the patient was called bob and the, <laughs> the um the guy who's doing the operations was called nigel and he had a whole backstory and bob yeah. and nigel bob and nigel yeah late, nigel. late night <laughs> <laughs> nigel was basically a uh he's not a proper surgeon hence not wearing any proper gloves oh i like it you um, subconsciously yeah. made me think he's not <laughs> yeah. really very professional yeah and his watch always falls off and lands in his stomach and stuff um yeah he was it was a guy that wanted to be a surgeon but never quite sort of made it and thought it was easy and he sort of went in and did these operations and although you do kill the patient the the, yeah. <laughs> the uh that's not what you that's not the 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 goal of the game the goal is to save the patient even though the way you're saving is by ripping out all his stomach or his, all his insides and, <laughs> and then just putting a new heart and you go, good enough for me. <laughs> hence, hence why he's not a proper surgeon. He doesn't really know the intricacies, intricacies of the human body and how it really works. Heart, heart transplant, I do that. Get all that other stuff out. We don't need that. Heart, win, goal. <laughs> and you're like, I guess, you know, probably should put some of the stuff back in there. No. That's nah. how you win. It's for suckers. <laughs> it's for losers. <laughs> we got more patience on the coming in. So, so okay, so you've done your surgeon simulator. Mm. Do you do, do you follow it up with surgeon simulator 2? I know you've done a lot of add-ons and there's different ones. Yeah, but essentially, after a while, it's, or have it's, you just it's, gone, it's, it was a good ride? It's been discussed, like, because there's, there's quite a little bit of a fan, there's a fan base there and um, it's still... It still does sort of get interest and press, and and it's still sort of 
obviously not nowhere near as popular as when it first came out and, and whatnot. Um, but there's still it's still kind of ticking along uh, and still has interest with people. Do you have um, like metrics to tell you like how many downloads a day or whatever? Yeah, yeah, we have all. I, I that's not part of what I do, but yeah, we have all of that information. Um, yeah, I mean, just sort of as a as a side, that kind of information. Um, a lot of games nowadays can tell what that player is doing. So when you play a game, you can, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but you can put lots of th metrics in the game. So you can tell when a player has reached certain levels, when they've done this, how they've done that kind of thing, how many things they've collected to get an idea of how no people, way. people play. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, 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 I guess you could call the science behind how people play. That makes a lot of sense though. I mean, because that's how, that's how um, mobile games, some of the best ones, they they tweak based on what the players do. They tweak things just so much and just minutely. They're things like um, Candy Crush. Like, yeah, they just tweak that until like they get that point where people just keep playing a little bit more. I hate that game. <laughs> because I've seen so many people play it and I don't understand as a game how it works. Like, I've played it for like an hour and like I don't, I still don't get mm. how it works. Like <laughs> I still don't understand it. And I was talking to a guy at a wedding who worked on it, and uh, <coughs> he was saying that the, the the way they manipulate you with the colours and the sounds mm. and the pling, and it's yeah, like a lot of science behind it. Yeah, it's it's like really interesting. It's like, it's like it's almost like the science of addiction. Yeah. It's like, how can yeah. we make this thing like not bad addiction? Like they'll go and steal stuff, but in, enough that once you start playing, mm. you keep playing. Not that you can't put it down, and I mean, some people are probably like proper addicted to it. Um, but for most people, I think it's like it's that. It's, oh, just a bit of a, just one more go, one more, one more go, go, one more go. Go on, I'll, I'll put put another quid in. Go on, put, another... put the crack down. I crack nothing. So, so is the principle of designing a game to make people enjoy it or want them to play it again? Is like the fundamental principle. It's like to have the best experience ever, or to just I think keep each coming back. Game would have its own thing, but I guess at its core, yeah, at its core, you want people to enjoy that game. Yeah, you want people to have a good experience, and often that experience more nowadays is to make them come back, because a lot of games now are more, I guess, what you could consider a service. Yeah, in that, like when I was a kid, a game was. You buy that game, you play it till either you just can't get any further, yeah. or you complete it. And That's there's it. still there's still a lot of games like that. Um, certain simulators like that, you play it, and you can play it again and again and again if you want to. Yeah. It, some games are more kind of less linear in the sense of you just complete these things and you perhaps don't go back again. Um, but a lot of games now are more kind of open world and services. Uh, the game a game we're working on at the moment called uh, World Adrift that is very much like it's going to be like that. Um, in its, I watched the trailer. It looks absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does look does look wicked. Um, but that's it's more open world. It's um, a game where players can make their own game. So it's it's almost it's not quite like living in another world. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's players have the freedom to do what they want. I can I think um, Minecraft has been one of the main ones that have God, yeah. it's massive um, that have sort of not changed there was games that you could do that before but it's made that kind of opened up that kind of yeah. side of gaming where people can really kind of do what they want so it's world of drift is more of a sandbox type of game where players can really decide what they want to do 
Well, um, I guess like uh, the first Half-Life game that came out, the the uh, game engine for that, I guess, is like the world's most complicated version of Minecraft because they gave out the development kit for mm. it for free, didn't they? So people just kept buying the game to get the development kit to build Counter-Strike was like the most famous example, right? Mm. So, but that's like, I guess that's how you keep players coming back, right? Yeah, you want, I mean, nowadays, um, to make a really successful game, you want people to come back. You want people to form communities, which is something what we, we want with Worlds of Drift. We want people to form communities to because part of the the game is it's based based in this sort of fantasy world where um <clears throat> it was perhaps a world similar to our own um and then something happened and the world sort of started to fall apart so now all that left is floating parts of this world so it's it's that that kind of old idea of skyships floating around on floating islands nice. um <clears throat> and so what what you kind of have to do is when you start off as a player you're kind of you start off um on an island say and you have to kind of so there's a bit of a survival aspect to it. So you have to collect your own uh, collect resources to 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 build a ship to then kind of get off the island and f- find other players, other people, uh, and then go to other islands and explore those islands. But when you explore and collect resources on those islands, you can then collect uh, make a bigger ship and get engines and and other such things. And then you can make friends and make a crew. So is this all online then the game? This will all be online, yeah. Um and then once you have a crew then you can go to battle with other crews, collect their resources. And is this like constant no sort way. of perpetual sort of world where um because it's all sort of physics driven um and there's one of the new things that we have uh, that that we're going to or it's not really done that much is a persistence. So if uh I knock over that bottle in front of me it stays like it is. Not, not games don't really do that nowadays. So the whole world is like a living, breathing world. Wow. So what you do will stay there, and someone else. So if you die or you're attacked and your ship falls apart, someone else could go and salvage those things later on. That's such a cool game. Mechanic, yeah. Though, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it's. It's a, that sounds complicated. It is a hugely complicated. Yeah. It's uh, the 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 tech people are very stressed with some of the things they have to work on. Um, but they're excited at the same time. It's, yeah, I guess it's a there's big like a, undertaking. There's a balance of like what is a great idea mm. and what is technically achievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we're, we're trying I, to do that balance. I've always been dreaming of a game where you can just get a minigun and mow down a building. You know, like the, the destructible mm. building is so advanced, but they were saying the physics to actually make a building collapse properly in, is in a, in a yeah in a real way yeah, yeah you can yeah. do it but it's yeah not in a real way it's like pre-scripted or you know like yeah i mean you still have some physics there but to like um not in the sort of sense pre-scripted way it would still you hit that ball it reacts and does some things but yeah it, i guess to actually destroy a real building or a building in a very realistic way would be a bit tough but right. it'll get there it'll get there and when's that is that game out now no it's not out yet um at the moment uh it's i think we're we've had like a, a sort of alpha type releases and um, we're kind of working more towards sort of beta releases and further on so it'll be kind of an, a, a, what they call early access game where kind of people will be able to play it for um in its sort of raw state how do you how do you feel about like beta testing and alpha testing because people then find out every part of the game right is it like you're only showing it to like one percent of the audience so it's fine but so we, we're like the idea of surprising people yeah like well all the people who are really super keen about it know it they know all the problems with it it's 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 the like with world adrift uh we very very much embraced uh open development so we where we are we kind of show the community everything that we're doing we don't really hold back much 
Um, and so you kind of, it, it has its own challenges. You've got to keep trying to surprise them, yeah. show them new stuff. But a lot of the time it's, I think what you, what you're doing is you're building up this engaged fan base that feels like they have ownership of, of what you're making mm. and, and then they buy into this thing and, and it's like part of their, their hobby or their life or whatever. So it's, it's, it's I think it's that nice thing that it feels like it's theirs as well, rather than you just made this thing and you're selling it and you want to get money out of them. Mm. You don't, obviously money is a part of it. We can't work for free. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's more than just that. It's this community aspect and then buying into it and being part of like, yeah, I, 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 I kind of supplied an idea and not, we can't take everybody's ideas, but if it's a yeah. good one, we might incorporate that into the, to the, to the, to the game or like the feedback that you get for something. So, say you're designing a creature you put the concepts out and then kind of if if the if the if the fan base love it if the community love it you go yeah we'll put the creature in so you can test the water a little bit of what you think what you think might work i've not really thought of it like that actually when you say it like that i kind of yeah i get like you're drumming up interest and i guess inevitably you are making the game better aren't you i mean it's that's that's ultimately the goal like with with sort of community input and community kind of like backing you you're hoping to to make the game better, it's that it's that whole um, uh, crowdsourcing, crowdfunding yeah. type of thing. It's also like, like I think like Deadpool as a film just sprung to my mind in the yeah. way that like the fans are so everyone felt a little bit like they'd helped because, yeah. because of yeah, like it's that know. buying into something that you want to see happen, and rather than just uh, having some salesperson or some yeah. mar- just just purely being marketed to you. I think we're pretty like as consumers we're pretty savvy with like yeah. just being I'm just being sold something now I'm yeah. I mean so so showed pretty images yeah. like everyone knows they're kind of you're just kind of quite like you you're quite susceptible to beautiful imagery mm. and you see a few trailers and you're like yeah and then the reviews pour in they're terrible and you're like okay fair enough but if it's like a community driven one you're like a little bit more yeah well, and let's I, see what they've done yeah. I think I think there's also the um the that that I found this because mm. obviously with anything it has a certain amount of marketing to it, so people will find it because you've got to sort of shout about a bit to make yeah. sure people find your thing because everyone's shouting about something that they made because um, <laughs> <laughs> people have made lots of things yeah. and you've got to sort of rise above that. But it's yeah, it's people. I think it's that nice that nicely that oh, I found this as part of something. I and also if you've seen it in <coughs> one millisecond on advert or you've seen a two minute trailer. Like, I, I do feel terrible. Like, say you've put in a year of development time, thousands and thousands of hours. Someone plays in it, shit, don't like it. Next game, you're like, whoa, 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 hey. Hey, just, <laughs> yeah, just play yeah. it for a bit longer. Like, yeah. if you can just get half an hour of someone's attention, that's actually quite, like... No, nowadays, yeah. My patience is, like, so short with games. Like, I felt terrible that I'd seen the guy who did the Lumius game, whatever it's called. <laughs> I'd watched the making of, and I played it for 10 minutes and just haven't just deleted it straight away. I was like, I'm not going to play this anymore. And I was like, oh, I, he's, there may be something amazing at the end, because yeah. games get... Potentially, this supposed to get better as you go on, right? Yeah. Like Gran Turismo, you in a Suzuki, whatever it is in the first game, and then by the end, you're in Form Non-Cup. Yeah. Right. It's been a really, really long <laughs> podcast. It has. And yeah. I have one last question. Sure. Talk to me about VR. VR. Yeah. Very exciting. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> Tell me about VR. <laughs> Very real. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. It's like real life. It's basically made. Yeah, it's like they could do porn in it and everything. It's just be like everyone living there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not creepy at all. I tell you, it's not creepy. <laughs> oh, God. Come around, uh, Mark Gaff, and I'll show you. Now, in my head, okay, going to the porn thing, VR, when you get caught 
by your parents at some point with a laptop in front of you. That's one level of embarrassment. Yeah. You get caught with a headset on. And you, you'll never no, know. You'll never you'll know. You'll never know. <laughs> There'll be no embarrassment at all because your parent will come into the room. <laughs> you'll be naked except for VR. Yeah. And they'll like, and they'll be like, photo. they'll be like, mm, yeah, they'll, that'll be on your face. coming out the wedding, <laughs> the wedding speech. That's on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag dirty son. Yeah, look what he's doing. Because I saw the surgeon simulators. I saw something in like the new HTC Valve or whatever it's called. Yeah. Their VR thing. So we had surgeon on VR fairly early on. We had, um, I think it was one of the first sort of early releases of, of, of Oculus um, <clears throat> when they were like dev, dev kit mm. release. Uh because I think one of the first sort of gaming shows we had, I think it was Res, it was called, and we had we had it working on there. Um, not quite as polished as the versions that you have now. Um, we yeah we now have uh, an alien autopsy version, and then recently we just did a TF2 version mm, that, was what I that saw, came yeah. that came out recently. Um, but it lends itself it it naturally lends itself yeah. pretty well to VR in that you are the person doing the operation and, and it, it, it uh, overcomes just by luck, really the nature, some, some of the difficulties you get with VR, which is um, everyone, I think most people will expect with VR to put on the kit and go and play call of duty and run around in first person yeah, and just feel like they're in a war zone shooting people. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't work out quite like that because your brain and body don't quite like something different happening to what they're seeing when their body's not doing yeah. that same thing. So it's like being seasick. Your body's feeling one thing and your brain is telling you another thing and it goes, oh, hang yeah. on. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it make it. it I guess because it when makes you nauseous when you're playing a first-person shooter. Actually, quite a lot of your peripheral vision is a is a static room. The monitor's static. Mm. The second you just wrap the screen around your eyes, yeah, you get motion sickness so quickly. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's that thing. Your body's you're sat down, and your visual senses are being told that you're running around because it does feel like you're yeah, there amazing. in that world. Um, so yeah, it's very strange. Uh, some games. That I've played work for racing games work pretty well mm, because you're in a seat, your yeah. body and brain are being told oh, similar things. Yeah. I'm sat down, I'm sat down. If you do a drift, it can be a bit weird. Yeah. Because you've not drifted in the real world, but in the virtual world, you've drifted. But VR, yeah, it's pretty exciting. There's lots of, lot of big players investing lots yeah. of money in it. I think, um, I think Sony's going to win out, first of all. Just because of the infrastructure of the PS4. Infrastructure. Right? Their design's a bit cooler. Yeah. Don't look quite as much of an idiot. Um, and mainly their infrastructure. I guess the one thing that the VR misses is like when you're playing Surgeon Simulator and people are watching, that's part of the fun, isn't it? Mm. So I guess because no one can actually see what you're looking at, you're just an idiot waving your hands around with, with, with a <laughs> yeah, headset yeah, on. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> look at this. So I guess once you've worked out, I guess if you have a screen as well, you know, at least people can see. Yeah, you can. You can seeing. do the dual, <coughs> dual screen thing where what you see is on the normal screen is what they're seeing in the VR kit. Ah, okay, fair enough. And you can set it up to do that, um, so you can kind of laugh at people doing things. But VR, yeah, it's going to be. I think there's so much invested in it that although it has got problems or issues that need to be overcome, such as the nausea thing. Yeah. Uh, I think as it as it gets more technically better 
and that relationship between the sensors detecting your movement gets more refined as computer hardware gets more powerful because mm. that also has an impact on um, your the kind of perception of sort of nausea. Uh, if I think it needs to be sort of a minimum minimum of about ninety frames per second. Ninety. Ninety. Who has a computer that can give 90 frames? <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> graphics ever. Uh, yeah, because if the frame rates, I mean, you can go lower than that, but they're, they're apparently the the requirement is about 90 frames a second. A that second. makes sense because we like we had a fairly decent computer mm. here with Unreal uh, and the Oculus Rift, and it was really jumpy. And then we spent 500 quid on a graphics card, <laughs> and then it was silky smooth. Yeah, yeah you need in VR, you need it. Um, <clears throat> But it's yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be big. I think the types of games we will see will have to play on its strengths. Yeah, I think although there will be first person type games, mm. um, because traditional first person controls do make you feel a bit queasy. Mm. The 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 control systems will be different. But personally, I think initially the the it'll be. It'll lend itself well to more sort of playful and fun games where you don't necessarily have to, unless it's the Vive, because the Vive, you can walk around the room. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, <clears throat> whereas Oculus is more seated. seated. Um, and I think the same with the Sony, although I may be wrong. Um, but it, it'll play on that a bit more, I think. Because we had one which was a snow scene, mm. and you didn't move. But the snow was so real, and that you're in like a dark forest. Mm. It was incredible. Like, and I think if you had headphones on, yeah, if something scary ran at me out of that forest, I would actually crap myself. Like, the, it was you can so some, real. I've never, I've not played them yet, but there's a few horror games you can get, and I bet they're, oh, they're brilliant. That unit, and the unit nine thing. guy who worked for the VR department, he sh- like, I said, oh, have you seen the one where he's like, there's this witch, and he's like going down this like subway tunnel, it's dark. And this little girl's like climbing along the ceiling, it jumps at the face, mm. and the guy goes, Oh, and can't rip the thing off his face quick enough. <laughs> they were like, Yeah, yeah, that was us, that was us. And I'm like, I hate you, I hate you yeah. so much for doing that to someone because I'm terrible with scary films. <laughs> right. And on that note, James, I'm going to say thank you. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. That was episode 18 uh, with James Brodley from Bossa Studios. Um, wow. I'd love to know how many people started this podcast and now how many people are still listening. Uh, if you are, come on. That was really good fun, wasn't it? Mm, it was funny. Come on. Uh, and if you did, oh, yeah, go on Twitter. Uh, create more PCAST on Twitter. And if you could tweet, you know, hashtag I made it to the end. Uh, I'd be very happy. Come on. It was brilliant. Um, I had so much fun recording that. And I, I, I genuinely, uh, I start, I'm really thinking there's, there's just this convergence of technology and, and software and computer game design and architectural design. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, to me around this, like this creative area, I think a lot of people can sidestep from one industry to another. I mean, you know, hearing James talk about, you know, concept art for a computer game, but, he, you know, he could just as easily, you know, sidestep into films or, uh, so yeah, I think, and architecturally, uh, you know, I, I, he'd, he'd modeled up his house, uh, his flat to do an extension and modeled it all and had done renders and, you know, he works in computer games and that is exactly what I do at an architecture practice. Um, 
and his renders were way better than mine. Uh, and he's not even an architect. So it's, you know, just makes me question that, you know, being locked to one industry, it, it seems seems odd. And that really nicely leads on to who is on next week's, next fortnight's podcast. Seamless segue there is that um, it's Kibway from Factory 15. And uh, they, they also do architectural visualizations, but uh, Kibway... Um, he also does films and he's getting into directing. So he did like animations at the the, the Bartlett, um, which is an uh, architectural university. Uh, and then that was five years ago. And now he's doing short films. You know, he's got like Hollywood actors in these films and Factory 15, his company, do a lot of the visualizations and the special effects. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was looking at some of James's kind of stuff on, on the internet and... Uh, you know, just the visual, the visuals are very strong. And then I looked at Factory 15's website now and the visuals are stunning. And it's kind of, I think that's what I'm drawn to. Um, uh, someone asked me, why do I choose the, why am I getting excited about computer games? Uh, you know, like uh, and music videos, I love. Um, and, and renderings and creative storytelling, I always say. But I think more, I think what it is, is I, I, um, I like the ability to surprise people. You know, uh, that's what I think is amazing about cinema is you can take people into rooms, sit them down in a dark room, you have their undivided attention and then the visuals they see uh, are a total surprise and you can play with that and the kind of joy at, um, in, in not kind of manipulating how people inter- in, in, are watching it and I love it. I think it's amazing. And I think the same thing with the, with the computer games is that, you know, you sit down and you have their attention and then... Um, like the Surgeon Simulator, just watching people play it is almost as amusing as playing it yourself. Uh, uh, so I really like that. And I, I think it's one of the things that I, I kind of struggle with in architecture is that, you know, a five-year-long project, people see every part of it as it's going up. There's, there's no surprise um, until the very first occupant moves in. And I, I think I understand why movie stars go into theatre. Uh, it's to kind of have that immediacy, you know, that kind of... Uh, I guess for James, watching people laugh whilst Surgeon Simulator was on is like an amazing feeling. And and same with Kibway. Um, he's done this absolutely incredible Guinness advert for, for Africa. Apparently it's like their biggest, it's their biggest market. Is is like he's, So he films it in Ghana and it's, um, it's called Are You Alive? And it's on Vimeo under their Factory 15 uh, channel. And the energy in that is unbelievable and the colour and everything and the music is brilliant and it's kind of, he's like definitely like a, a person to watch in the next couple of years because he'll be amazing. So I really hope you enjoy that podcast and you should definitely tune in and listen to Kibways who's, um, he almost did a music video for Katy Perry. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I've, this has been brilliant. So thank you so much for listening and tune in next fortnight. Bye. <laughs>